see Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. We're featuring Bletchley. The best things in Bletchley, I think, are the outer areas like the Blue Lagoon and uh, Manor Fields. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, may I just suggest that the best parts of Bletchley were the bits that were outside of Bletchley? This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Who's been using my studio? Huh? Huh? Hey! Hey! I'll I'll speak to you later on. Why? Why? What happened? What happened? You filled in for me on Thursday and Friday. Yeah. I'll speak to you later on. Uh, You have. I'll speak to you later on. You'll get no sense out of us today. Have you seen how light it is out there? It's like, is today the longest day of the year? I'm going to assume it is, because as I was driving in, it was bright sunlight. Lots coming up on the show today, including forced marriage out. Shared space out. Justin Dealey, out, in the car park, and proud, having a fag. Ah, the A-team is back, guys, and boy, oh boy, we can only disappoint. Isn't that right, ladies? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. So I found this album. Right. I found this album and it's flipping brilliant. I, I'm going to go as far as to say it's the best album in the world. It's not. But did you just pick and flick? <laughs> There's a hair on my, my uh, microphone. I don't want to think about that. She picked and flicked. <laughs> Bogies make you nauseous, don't they, Kelly? Yeah. Okay. Fudge and pickle. Thanks. You're welcome. Kelly's asked me to stop saying flipping neck. Oh, right. Um, well, that's blimey, Charlie. <laughs> no, she doesn't want any of that because um, she says it. So she wants. What is it you want me to say? Fudge and pickle. Fudge and pickle. But I found this record. Okay. It's yes. Dave Mason. I don't know who Dave Mason is. Is he in that traffic or something? He's Paul Mason's brother. And, and Steve Mason's son. And. And Mary Mason's boy. And Mama Cass. Oh. Uh, suddenly now you got me suddenly you're interested and I can't stop listening to this record in my car his middle name is Thomas it's David Thomas Mason I'm just going to play the song songwriter and guitarist what band was he in uh, I, I'm going to say Traffic yeah a band called Traffic there yeah. we go beautiful ah morning this is Ian Lee BBC Three Counties Radio I'll give out the phone number in a little bit should you wish to take part here's a, here's a story from today parents who force their children to marry could face up to seven years in jail Last August, Bedfordshire Police applied for the mother of a girl to be sent to prison for contempt, contempt of court after her 16-year-old daughter was forced to marry, despite a protection order being in place. Well, the changes follow decades of campaigning by charities and other organisations to criminalise forced marriage. Uh, Catherine Boyle's been looking into this one and joins me now. Catherine, uh, it might sound like a stupid question, but what is forced marriage? Not really a stupid question, because forced marriage often gets lumped in with arranged marriage, and of course the two are very different, or at least they're supposed to be. In an arranged marriage, which is still legal and very traditional, um, the idea is that the couple is introduced by their respective families and if both agree, they'll get married and there's no pressure from anyone else to make that decision. In a forced marriage, one or both of the spouses may not
not know what's about to happen to them until the last minute, at which point they're put under pressure, either emotionally, blackmailed or physically threatened, or both, to go through with it. We've spoken about this quite a few times. It's a big problem, isn't it? Yeah, and the NSPCC say the number of children ringing its childline service about this, about forced marriage, has more than trebled in the last three years, up from 55 calls in 2011 to 141 in 2013. And those are the ones who found the courage to come forward. They fear that this may, of course, be the tip of the iceberg. The forced marriage unit helped out more than 1,300 cases last year. And uh, although figures around forced marriage may underplay the scale of the problem, as it remains a taboo subject in some communities, and, you know, the victims feel that they can't um, speak out for many reasons, partly because, you know, they're they're grassing up members of their family, so they're less likely to come forward. What effect does uh, being forced into a marriage have on people? Well, charities say the impact can be devastating. Some people are married very young, too young, in fact. Um, They're raped, they're made pregnant before they're mature enough, physically or mentally, and generally treated like possessions, which is why these uh, charities have been campaigning for a change in the law and they want to help people like this woman. I cried, I begged them for me to come back back to London with them and they just refused. They said no. They felt that I was becoming far too westernised and I was going to bring shame onto the family. Their decision was that if I was to be taken away and forced into a marriage, it would be the right thing for me. I was physically abused, mentally abused, sexually abused, verbally abused. I wasn't even allowed out of the house. I was a prisoner in a home. I was treated like a slave the whole time. And it was just very, very, very traumatic. Gosh, uh, how will today's changes help? Well, from today, forced marriage has become a crime recognised in law. Since 2008, victims of forced marriage could seek protection in the civil courts. Now, breaching that protection order is illegal and forcing someone to marry can mean seven years in jail. I don't think there's any suggestion that it's going to completely wipe out the problem, but at least it's something more. I'm sure, didn't we speak to someone before who expressed concern about this new law and, and, and didn't want it to become illegal? Yeah, in some quarters, there's a worry that this new law could prevent victims or survivors from coming forward out of fear that their own parents could end up in jail. There is that kind of um, split loyalty, really. Forced marriage remains a hidden issue, um, and it's not just something that affects the Asian community, but it is um, something that the very traditional communities um, do do go in for. Opponents of the new law say it will drive the problem further underground. In Scotland, for example, where breaches of protection orders were criminalised in 2011, there have been no prosecutions, not one. But supporters of the changes say the law sends out a clear message that forced marriage will not be tolerated and we'll be speaking later on to the Law Society, in fact, in about an hour's time. They say some communities do not recognise or accept that forced marriage is not legitimised by either culture or tradition. And the Law Society says it's another form of bullying, violence and abuse. I, I find it amazing that it's 2014. It's only just been made illegal today to force someone to marry someone else. That seems crazy. It seems crazy to me. Never mind. Catherine, thank you very much. Uh, are you going to come back in for the papers in a little yeah, bit? Yeah, go on. 15 minutes. I, 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 we, we should probably keep it short today. There are nothing in the papers. Oh, I found a couple of bits. Tell me what they were and I'll do them. Uh, no, I'm not going to tell you that. So listen, Thursday and Friday. Yeah. How did it go? You sat in for me. Um, I was a bit nervous on Thursday. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. But I did all right, I think. Okay. Four calls in the first hour. What? Yeah. In the first... By now, that I'd had a couple of calls. By now? Yeah. What, just but telling you to, you know, to no, calm down a bit? No, being nice. Um, yeah. The callers were being nice well, to you. Some of the old um, callers, but also some new ones that obviously don't like you. Um, and they phoned up, and it was it was fun, you know. So y- I relaxed, you know. It's always daunting to um, sit in someone else's seat, but... So you had, like, new, new, blo- new blokes were phoning you up? Women, actually. What? Mm-hmm. Phoning this show? Yeah. Telling me stories. 
Some of them had never said, told those stories. I didn't think you were very good. <laughs> Don't matter. I had to go. I thought, um, I thought you were excellent. I thought you were excellent, but... Um, there was this bloke, though, that came on towards the end and sort of spoiled it on the first one, but we banned him, so... Who was that? M E or something. Mm. Came on very aggressive. What an idiot. I don't... You're, you're right to hesitate there, Catherine. I don't know what this next song is. Is this any good? The 80s starts well. <laughs> Coming next on CITV, Finders Keepers. <laughs> It sounds. It sounds oh, like. Um, is it na 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 na? Is that one? It sounds like. Um, is that a thing? Is that a song? If you like a lot, lot of chocolate, chocolate on your biscuit, call our club. club. Sounds like we didn't start the fire. Oh, yeah, it does. Is it? We did. <laughs> Making love in a downtown train at night. No, I like it. Let's go. Let's do it. You reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds utter. I know, but utter. That's good. All right, fine. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome to the radio arena, Mr. Justin Dealey. Wally boss. He's back. Hey, how are you? I've had a couple of days off. You've had a bit of time off. Yeah. The A-team is back. Natural order and justice. Don't look at me, Catherine. I stumbled there. I stumbled over the words. I wouldn't have done that, but... (laughs) Natural justice is restored, Mm, Justin. Bring it on, Bambi. Bring it on. I'm the boss. Yep, you are. And you are my little lady doggies. <laughs> Let's not go too far now. Come on. Who's right. the dog in this scenario? Uh, you three. <gasps> yeah. Oh, your little lady doggies. Oh, thank Ooh. you. You're very. Ah, see, Kelly t- t- takes it the way it's intended, and she's a bit. So didn't notice. I kind of get that. Kelly goes for walkies, and she makes the drinks and brings them back down. And she won't stop humping yeah. my leg. <laughs> anyway, anyway, guys, come on, guys. I know it's great to be back. It's mm. like um, it's like the beginning of Weekend at Bernie's Two, where the cast are back together again and everyone's happy but we've got some serious stuff to talk about Ooh. very serious stuff to talk about the state of your hair justin what's happened to it uh the state of my hair well what do you mean you got what, is it not an improvement? well you know blonde and tanned i think it's a summer thing you know when it comes to winter i shall get my hair cut short again and and lose the tan <laughs> it's a natural progression the thing is though justin in winter you won't lose the tan you'll be even darker yes yes okay Fair now, point. Do you have a nice holiday? Very nice, thank you. Very good, nice indeed. Good for you. Maybe we'll hear some uh, stories of Jamaica. Real life Jamaica. Sorry, hang on a second. Sorry, Kelly. What did you say, Justin? Real life Jamaica. No, she went on her own j- accord. Oh. oh. Cats wouldn't have messed up there. No. I know. <laughs> now, ever since changes were made to the road through one particular part of Dunstable, we've been getting calls. Court Drive near Asda, the so-called courtesy crossings, which according to some of you are anything but. They should be called r- rude roads. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. It wasn't bad, was it? But particularly if you're an elderly, a disabled, or you've got the kids and you're trying to cross the road safely. Justin, you've been following this pretty much from day one, haven't mm. you? First of all, describe the setup there for us. Um, in layman's terms, it's uh, it's a road with no traffic lights or no zebra crossings. So it sparks anger and confusion because, according to many, you are taking your life into your own hands by trying to cross this road because you are relying on motorists stopping for you. Now, motorists and pedestrians in harmony... According to most people in Dunstable, it simply doesn't work. So that's the state of play there. You are literally trying to cross the road and hoping that people will will know the layout and, and hopefully stop for you. 
I've also been talking to Raymond. Uh, Raymond is blind. He told me last year the court drive has become a no-go area for him without his guide dog. Yeah, my respect. Oh, no, sorry, hang on, that's not Raymond. This is Raymond. Raymond, there's no crossing at all. How on earth do you cross this road safely? Well, I've got a guide dog, and he always stops at it for me. If I, like last week, I had to come down because he wasn't well, and I came down with a cane, it's a totally different ball game. You've got no idea. You can feel the stones or the, or the uh, bricks, but how do you find the curb? You can't. He, thank God, finds the curbs. I only realised how bad it is, really, 100%, until I came down with without him. So what you're saying is, without your guide dog, this is a no-go area for you? It would be, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Let's just get this absolutely clear. Anywhere you can walk in Dunstable, apart from this particular road? Yes. Sums it up for most people. That was Raymond. In December last year, I spoke to Paul Cook, the council's assistant director of highways and transport, who said to me, in actual fact, the road was safe. Do you honestly think it's safe? Because I can hardly see any road markings. I can't see any crossings. Uh, there's roundabouts which don't look like roundabouts. Do you honestly think this road is safe? I do think it's safe. It's very early uh, days. It's only been open for nine months, and we need a period of time to um, gather the data to, to say whether it's safe or not. To date, there have been no recorded accidents or incidents. Um, it's a 20 mile an hour zone, and speeds have been reduced through the area. It's 20 miles an hour. I'm no expert in this field, but some of the cars that I've seen this morning are not driving at 20 miles an hour. If you've got a young family trying to cross this road with no crossing, surely you're asking too much. No, there are um, clearly marked courtesy crossings. We have listened to the public um, throughout the... Have you, though? Yes, we have listened to the public <laughs> and uh, alterations have been made to the scheme. Oh, Justin. Have you, though? Uh, there's been a bit of a rethink since then, has there? Yeah, absolutely. After uh, speaking to us last year, the council insisted they would be talking to the public once again. Now, here's the news. Yep. They're going to be getting rid of three of the most popular courtesy crossings. Now, these, of course, were the council's big idea. Uh, that They were meant to make drivers and pedestrians behave differently towards each other, but it's resulted in confusion. So the council will now put back controlled pedestrian crossings that they ripped up in the first place. Did I hear that correctly, Justin? It says here on my screen. Mm. The council are putting back the controlled pedestrian crossings they ripped up to make way for the courtesy crossings that they insisted was safe, (laughs) but it was only a matter of time before drivers and pedestrians got used to them? Yes, you read that very well. Precisely, the new zebra crossings will replace the courtesy crossings that replace the controlled pedestrian crossings. Are you still with me? Huh? Yeah. I'm still with you, Justin. The council says the uh, zebra crossings will give priority to pedestrians. It also says that uh, while they will interrupt traffic flow, uh, they should also have a further positive impact on traffic speed and safety. Other changes include tactile paving on these crossings to assist blind and visually impaired people like Raymond. And uh, the bus lane will be changed as well. Uh, A new surface there. And uh, I nearly forgot to mention as well, Ian, that uh, the signage will be replaced as well. Hang on a second. It doesn't sound like there'll be much of this shared space left once the council make the change. What does this mean for the future of the scheme, Justin? <laughs> well, Central, Be- stuff? Central Bedfordshire Council appear to be standing by it for now. Uh, they say that uh, by making these changes, they are simply responding to people's concerns. Um, they say that more than 60% of uh, Dunstable residents support the goals of Court Drive's road scheme. According to a survey, uh, more than 56% of residents say traffic has in actual fact slowed down. Then this is going to cost a few quid, isn't it? Well, we don't know. The council are keeping very quiet on that one 
to uh, oh. to start with. But uh, I understand that about twenty past eight this morning, you will be talking to somebody from the council. And Ian, mm. I'm looking forward to that. Ooh, I could ask them, couldn't I? You could. I'm going to ask Justin later on. Yeah, I want to speak to you about World Cup. Oh, the World Cup! World yes. Cup Isn't fever, it fantastic. World Cup. I watched the opening ceremony and the first match. I was yeah. contractually obliged to. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I found both disappointing. Why? The, the opening ceremony was complete and utter guff, wasn't what, it? Wasn't J-Lo there? I didn't watch the opening ceremony. J-Lo popped out of a giant uh, Terry's chocolate orange. <laughs> How great is that? <laughs> I mean, Come on! That, that bit was great. Forget the football, J-Lo's there. J-Lo, I mean, J-Lo is, let's be honest, is a wonderful, wonderful woman. Made in Manhattan, monster-in-law, mm. anyone, <laughs> guys? Those are great <laughs> movies, aren't they? It was better when, uh, I think it was 1994, when Diana Ross was, was there for the opening ceremony oh, yeah. in, in America, and uh, she famously, again, I think, popped out of something else, and uh, missed a penalty. <laughs> they showed that the other day. I want to talk to you. Uh, I talk to you about World Cup and also about. Uh, is it Phil Neville who's doing the commentary? Phil Neville, yes. Is, is, he's got a really boring voice, hasn't he? He has. There's he has. controversy about him. I think there's. I think you can do better than that. Jonathan Pierce yesterday, yeah. uh, commentating on one of the games that they were using goal line technology, oh, yeah. and uh, he just couldn't quite get the fact that the ball had crossed the line, even though the computer wow. clearly showed him the ball was over the line, but he couldn't quite get it. Justin, thank you very much indeed. Never argue with a computer. Call 08459 Is this what it was like on on Thursday and Friday? Papers dropping everywhere. Yeah, it, it was mayhem. I never drop papers. I've never dropped a paper once in my professional career as a, a man. You've thrown it at me. I've thrown it at you uh, out of um, anger and disgust, uh, but I've never dropped it. Oh, well done. N- never dropped a paper. Um, gosh, they're big. <laughs> They're big, aren't they? There, in that top corner there. Wow, yeah. yes. I think that they've been enhanced. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think they may have done. Good morning, this is Ian Lee. Catherine Boyle is, um, is uh, here in the position, the subservient position, <laughs> to which she has been trained. Mm. Well done the other day. I thought it was good. Thanks. I used to do all the time, you know. Did you? Really? Yeah. You took me off. Too good. Too good? <laughs> <laughs> Did you have fun? Uh, yeah. Did Ish. 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 Did you did you have any callers phone up and be just argue with you? No. Is it just me then? Yeah, oh, mostly. Right. But I think you start it. No, I don't start it. You do. I don't start an argument. You just did. No, I'm not. You're, You're starting st- now. I'm not starting anything. What's the matter with you? Nothing is the just matter be with happy me. For me, why can't you just be happy for me? I'm proud of you. When this is finished, could you make me a coffee? No. <laughs> What's in the papers today? Don't wash your meat in the sink. <laughs> It, it Please let that be what I think it is. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, okay. Sadly, no, it's never what you think it is. Oh. Um, I've noticed this over the last few years, watching television programmes of women, yeah. generally women who haven't got a clue, washing meat before you cook it. Now, as you know, I'm new to the world of meat. I yeah. had chicken chow mein for the first time last night. I was a bit disappointed. There's not that much meat in a chicken chow mein. Not really. So I'm new to meat. I've never actually um, cooked a meat. Mm-hmm. you never done a bit of an oil rub with a... No, no, no. I put some stuff in the microwave. Uh, I've never cooked oh, a meat. So Heston. are you... Are you supposed to wash your meat? Uh, I wouldn't. You wouldn't wash your meat? No, I wouldn't. I've not. I've never washed my meat. Been inside an animal, you can't get much filthier than that, can you? If you're going to eat it, eat it. Well, it's not been inside an animal. It, it, it is an animal. Well, you know, under an animal's bones and that. Yeah. Well, I suppose. Or on so. top. Yeah, my meat has been inside an animal. I do think the further inside you have to go for your food, the less likely it is that that's what is supposed to be eaten. So you know, giblets. So what's the, what's the livers, sto- kidneys? Lungs. What's the story? Pancreas. Brain. Some people eat brain. No. 
Brains faggots. Although, under my theory, that would mean we'd eat nose a lot more. Because that's the most prominent... Uh, can we you kind eat? of do, don't we? I think, listen, some of those cheap sausages is lips and backsides. Oh, don't talk to me about sausages. I think I had a bad one yesterday. Sorry? It's, yes, it's still there. What, what happened? No, I... You I went to a cold a, barbecue. I went to a barbecue and it was flipping freezing. We were on top of a hill, so it was really windy. Oh, so we're nice. all sitting there pretending that we're having a good time. It was freezing. Um, I've just about unclenched now, but I did oh, have a sausage dear. there and I've not stopped thinking about dear. it. Anyway, don't wash your chicken. It splashes bugs all over the kitchen. And um, this is in a number of the papers. The one I'm referring to at the moment if you did want to read along and why wouldn't you set page seven we should of the daily mail i should probably specify we should stop washing chicken because doing so can spread potentially fatal bacteria um nearly half of britain's rinse their raw chicken rinse it and practice could be behind thousands of cases of food poisoning according to the food standards agency um research conducted by the fsa revealed that many cooks believed that rinsing cleaned the meat in fact harmful compilobacter bacteria was often splashed onto kitchen services and cooking equipment and it's not good for you so stop it story here don't wash chicken. It splashes bugs all over the kitchen. Yeah. Health experts warning over food poisoning. Yeah, I know. Does it? We should, yeah. Listen to this, Kels. Oh, this is going to blow gosh. your mind. Go on, then. We should stop washing chicken before... I don't know. Yeah, I know, I know. I, know I don't know why people wash meat. If you're going to eat something that's... If your meat's been inside an animal... Yeah. Yeah. Why would you... The, the deeper it gets into an animal... Yeah. The, the less chance there is of it. We so should... I'm trying to steal my act. We should stop washing chicken. This is my riff. Because of the bugs? Before cooking, yes, Kelly. Pilobacter. Because uh, doing so can potentially... And when I get to it, I'm building up to it. Can spread potentially fatal bacteria. Health What's it expert called? What's it called? What's it called, Ian? Compilobacter. Nice try. Well said. Good job I said it before, otherwise you didn't have a clue. Hey, it's a great story. Is it about chicken? Don't wash chicken. <laughs> No. Uh, free Normandy trips for all D-Day veterans paid for by fines on the banks. Veterans at the D-Day landings will receive public funding to make the annual pilgrimage to the Normandy beaches where they fought for our freedom, George Osborne will announce today. So what? That'll be the seven remaining blokes who may probably be dead by next year. Okay. Nice one, George. Well, they're not going to... In the grace of fact, of course there are more of those gentlemen. But there's not that many, and they won't be lasting for that much longer. It, nice one, George. Not hugely generous. That, enough, I guess. That'll learn those bankers a lesson, won't it, George? Good work, George. Speaking You're of plum. old old fellas, crooner Engelbert Humperdinck may be 78, but he's keen to tell the world how good he believes he still looks, despite his advancing years. He doesn't believe. He looks good. Here's, here's a pop trivia question for you guys. Mm-hmm. The Beatles had a run of 12, maybe 13, excuse me if I'm one out, it's a bit early in the morning, number one hit singles. That run of 12 or maybe 13, don't Google it, number one hit singles, I can see your reflection. Me? Yes. Shall I show you my screen so that you can see that I haven't... Can I show you that? She's looking at frocks for Ascot. That run of 12 or 13 number one hit singles was interrupted by Engelbert Humperdinck's Please Please Release Me. Please release me, let me go. What was the song? What was the single? There's a clue. What was the single that was kept off of number one by the Beatles? What was the Beatles single kept off of number one by Engelbert Humperdinck's Please Release Me? What in year? Ni- I'm not going to... 1967. 
What does it begin with? Strawberry Fields Forever. Strawberry Fields Forever. Bum. Well, I think that was quite niche for those days. And Penny Lane, double A side. Oh, uh, they would have liked oh, that. Penny Lane. Anyway, what's Engelbert like banging on about? Saying huh? he's not had a facelift. Yes, he has. Mm, he reckons, I've been very lucky. I think it's like the genes I've been born with, he tells the Canadian publication that... He was born in I'm going to say Regina. I would say, uh... Yes. The Regina Leader Post. I don't have wrinkles on my face. <sighs> At my age. And my voice has also stayed the same sort of shape. I haven't visited the Beverly Hills clinics or anything like that. He adds, my voice has always been strong. It was strong when I started, and it's equally as strong this day. I think he's being a bit boastful. I bet he doesn't um, wash his chicken. I bet he doesn't. He doesn't wash his meat in the sink. He don't need to. Get someone to do it. Got someone to do it for him. He must have had many ladies that would wash his meat for him. What do you reckon? He's got self-cleaning chicken. You don't think he's one of them vegans? Here we go. This is great. <laughs> we all love to buy animals and then forget about them shortly after when the novelty wears off. I thought my cat was dead last night. I really thought I was going to wake up and find a dead cat. Why? There was screaming going on like nobody's business last night. Cat, cat wars were taking place in my garden. My cat's getting on a bit. She's not that tasty in a fight. But, uh, and I thought she was going to be dead. So much so that I actually banged on the window to stop it. You, you out there. <laughs> stop it. Uh, she was fine. Aren't you supposed to book it a water or a super soak? I didn't have a super soak with me. She was fine. She came you in. You get uh, one. You never know when you're going to need one. Anyway, if she, when she does die, I'm going to get one of these bad boys. Oh, I should say what it is, isn't it? You can't see. A pygmy hedgehog. Look at that. It, sits on, it fits on the top of a marmite jar. I think you can take it off the top oh, of the jar, can't you? Oh, it's so cool. It's a little pygmy hedgehog. It doesn't get no bigger than that, Kelly. It's as big as it gets. I could put it in my pocket and bring it to work. That'd get lost in my house. Please. Please. <laughs> Look at that. That's gorgeous. It's only £150. The story is, rush to buy £150 mini hedgehogs alarms animal charities. Screw those losers. Forget it. Petter and the RSPCA. These guys are fun. What do they eat? Ah, uh, who cares? I'm not going to feed it. <laughs> well, you need to. Why? That's been the problem in the past. It's only £150. Wow. You yeah, really are very rich. A week's entertainment out of it, and then... You could clean your chicken. <laughs> with, with her brown and white spikes, beady black nose and small nose... No, hang on. Yes, Sabrina, the hedgehog... I wouldn't have made that mistake. ...is certainly an unusual-looking pet, but not as unusual-looking as her owner, 35-year-old Kirsten's Verena. It doesn't say that, but it's right, Wow. It? Oh, that's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's mean. She has a wonderful personality, enthuses the project manager from London. She recognises me and smiles, but they smile! Oh, how cute! Smile! Right, do, do what they call pygmy... Pygmy, pygmy, pygmies. Right, you do your story, I'm going to buy one. No, don't buy one! Uh, do buy one! Let's buy it for the office! Yeah, totes, totes. It'll get squashed. Oh, oh well. I'm when, warning you now. When they bring that dog, we get a dog in the office sometimes. That'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, what's your story? I'm going to find Lucan one. Lucan fled to a monastery with the help of MI5 spies, says the Daily Express. Uh. They've sorted it. Lord Lucan was smuggled out of Britain to a remote Greek monastery by former spies financed by his wealthy friends, according to a new book. Are people still reading books about Lord Lucan? Really? After the murder of Nanny Sandra Rivet in London 1974, the famous fugitive was hidden in Kent at the Wellington Hotel in Tonbridge Wells and the Crown Inn, Groombridge, and at a safe house in Fronthill Gifford Wilts. This isn't funny. Before no. handed over to an ex MI5 agent known as James Gurney, the book alleges. So, you can get the hedgehog package, no hedgehog included, for £100. Um, you get an Albino one for £100. And then there's a hedge, hedgehog for £175. 
comes with supply of food, mealworms, two cat toys, a fleece uh, blanket. Ah, uh, mealworms in the house. No, they, they got given to the hedgehog. Oh, look, Plez, can we get one for the show? Plez, Plez. Not on my watch. There's one in sale in Essex hey, for £125. Hey, 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 she's off soon. Mum's off soon on holiday. Is she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get one if for the I show. If I come back and there's a hedgehog in here... <laughs> I'll have your guts for garters. Oh, we're going to get one. If you've ever bought a hedgehog, or maybe you've... wait two weeks, it won't last that long. But when they're very, very new, they're very ugly, you might want to get one after a year or so. How long do they last for? Oh, look, there's a video of um, African pygmy hedgehogs on the move. Look, look at that. That could be ours. Look, they're in the litter tray doing a whoopsie. Oh, they cute, mind. Look at that! Oh, look! Oh. Look at that! They're tiny. They're, well, they're pigs. found them in the litter tray. Is that really the best thing they my do? My boys, I was telling you this, my boys have got a new, um, talking of cute, this isn't cute, this is actually horrific. Oh, we're not doing this one, are we're, we? We're doing it. I don't want to see that. No, uh, I'm not going to Reconstruction sh- again. I'm not going to show you what, but my boys, okay, they're four and two. And the eldest, the youngest has really started copying the oldest one recently. He's re- just really copying him. And my eldest has got a way of irritating me. He's got many ways of irritating me. He talks in that voice. He talks like that because he knows it. Oh, daddy, oh, daddy, please. I want to watch Peter Rabbit. He knows it annoys me, right? <laughs> so he constantly talks like that. I was very surprised last night to find the youngest was doing... Oh, daddy, daddy. But what they were doing is they were getting into their pyjamas, getting ready for bed, both coming up to me. Oh, daddy, do you want to see my willy? Do you want to see my willy? And then they're doing this, Cass. Look. I don't want to see you pretending. But look, I'm not pretending. Do you want to see my willy? They were doing that! For, I didn't want to see them! I did not want to see them! Do you want to see my willy? Don't copy this, because the voice doesn't make any difference. <laughs> I don't even know what to say after that. That's incredible. <laughs> I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 6.46, it's Monday the 16th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Sorry, it's a little windy pops there. I apologise. I thought you were in doubt as to your true identity. <laughs> we know that to be the truth, but... Oh, wait, I'm not giving out the phone number yet. Oh, wait, 455-555 is the telephone number. What was that look for? Just thinking I'd had four calls by now. I'll get five. Yeah, go on. I'll get five between now and seven, won't I, listeners? Listener? Mm. Hello? Well... I've got two stories. I've got two. One yours, sad, are yours one sad. Below, we go sad first. Yeah, mine are a bit below the waist. Well, what a surprise. What do you mean, what a surprise? Well, there is a certain tendency. All right, let's hear your sad story then. Voice of Shaggy in Scooby-Doo dies. Oh, Casey, Casey Kasem. Kasem. Casey Kasem's America's top ten. Top 40. He's a massive... This is weird, because he's like one of the biggest DJs in the States. Him and Dick Clark are like yep. the biggest kind of music DJs in the States. He's famous for being the voice of Shaggy. And interestingly, uh, because he's been really ill, I think he had Alzheimer's or something. He's 82. Mm-hmm. I know this quite well, because I've been following this story. He went missing recently. Oh. There was a dispute between his kids and his... His latest wife and I think the latest wife kind of removed him from the care home and um, disappeared him so the kids couldn't see him. It's all very weird and mysterious. There was a judge, apparently his death comes days after a judge allowed Kerry, one of three children from his first marriage, to withhold food, liquid and medication from her father against the wishes of his second wife, Jean. Nasty, nasty towards the end. Casey Kasem. But what, I mean, that's the voice of probably my teenage years, Casey Kasem, and America's top 40. I can't do a a shaggy impression. I can. Go on. Psych Scoob! That's, that's, that's shaggy, right? (laughs) Um, wow. (laughs) Come on, that was good. You could, you could pull off Velma. 
Wow. No, there's something about the lesbian... There's a bit of a lesbian chic about her. (laughs) Hasn't she? And that applies to me because... You're wearing the same dress today. Can we get some glasses on Catherine? Uh, can we get some can we, have we got a marker pen I'll draw some on <laughs> <laughs> and a little Van Gogh no can we get some glasses on you please is Scoins in today Scoins could you come in today and bring bring your um, glasses I haven't got a bowl cut but I think Shelma is one of those chicks that once she takes her glasses off and uh, puts something else on that she's actually hot yeah right okay no she's no Daphne she could be a Daphne. No, if her uh, name was. Uh, we, I think. Different. Listen, who, I think we all know what they got up to in the back of that mystery machine. It ain't no mystery. Well, we know. We know where Shaggy gets his name from. No, I don't think so. Where? Too laid back. Scoop! What a talk! You can do the voice. There we go. And the face. Use the loo. You shouldn't have gone to Specsavers. Now I don't, I'm not sure where I sit on this. I'm someone who's worked in a shop before, I've had you to deal with this. Want to rephrase that? What? I don't know where I sit on this. Oh, that's quite. Clever. Nor did she. Faced with two young t- children, desperate for the lavatory toilet during a visit to the opticians, Avril w- Williams. There's a, uh, a, a picture of one of the children wearing glasses. Discreet, discreetly asked if they could nip to the loo, mm. but staff at Specsavers recommended she leave the premises or risk the children wetting themselves because using the staff toilet was impossible for health and safety reasons. That's standard, isn't it? It is standard. The staff suggested Ms. Williams take the youngsters down the road to Starbucks to relieve themselves instead. Helpful. You, you, you can't go to the toilet in most places. No, you can't. I used to work in a clothes shop, and sometimes we'd get the occasional request to use a loo, but the loo was upstairs where yep. all the money was kept, in the staff area. Why would you open that up to people? When I worked in the Safeway, we, um, we would take people upstairs sometimes to the loo if it was you know, a situation. I know what it's like when you're a parent. Daddy, I need a wee. I've got, well, uh, uh, okay, well, we can't go in here. We're in the opticians. Quick, let's go and either find a good yeah, you say to the nice lady said I'm really sorry we're going to just snip out to the loo we'll be back in a second yeah it's just a part of the long list of stuff you deal with as a parent yeah it? exactly I don't see how this is uh, Ms Williams a writer said it sounded so incredible I said to them surely you can bend the rules for a child it was bonkers I don't think I think no. she's no she's wrong there you're wrong there mum you're well, wrong there it's, it's not just a health and safety thing as I say it's that secure area and we looking back when I used to work in a shop I had the mick ripped out of me so many times by people who yeah. did who conned us there was a, I remember this vividly yeah. I was downstairs sorting through the pants and this woman I was on my own and there was this, this woman came in a really nice old lady and she asked me to I say old lady she was probably about 50 <laughs> and she asked me to write a, a birthday card out for a friend an anonymous birthday card yeah. because she didn't want a friend to recognise the writing yeah. so I did this being re- and she's sort of chatting chatting to me and saying oh haven't you got a lovely thing oh, she was definitely you keeping me busy fingers, yeah. <laughs> but I had nice nails then oh, okay because I wasn't working them to the bone here um, but you bite she- them no I don't you, I see you bite them no I don't bite them I see you bite them when you sometimes there. I adjust them with your mouth yes okay (laughs) anyway so I'm around so I was doing this and I just know looking back how stupid there's probably a bloke with a bin bag around the corner filling it up what I missed a bit well because I was filling in this card for her and having a chat with her and she was well and while my back was turned I've no doubt that someone was robbing us blind wow thinking about it now because it was just you know those weird things that happen you just think oh well I I did a nice thing for someone oh hang on a minute you were were totally done what's your pin number I'm not going to tell you Okay, that. no, I just thought I'd ask. Hey, um, there's something for, you, for the ladies here. One in ten girls have had sex dr- driving at up, up to 80 miles per hour. Driving at 80 miles per hour? That's very, um... 
Women really do have high sex drives, with one in ten romping in cars at up to 80 miles per hour. An amazing 9.3% told a survey they had a partial or even full course in moving motors. And an even higher number of men have done the same. Well, they have to be doing it with someone, don't they? I'm going to describe something, but I'm going to describe it delicately. Oh, don't panic. Oh, oh, oh. Don't, don't, don't panic. Right. One driver said he kept control only because his passenger sat on him facing frontwards and held the steering wheel. Wow. That is not a safe way to drive. No. Do you want to do your Pope story? Hey, the Pope mobile. <laughs> I wonder. We can't say no. to that. No. Um, no. Okay. Anyway, the weather's been nice. By the way, the Pope now <laughs> says that he doesn't need the Pope mobile anymore because. Um, Is this new? I never used the Pope mobile. I've never seen them in the Pope. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a picture of him using it there. All right, yeah, fair play. It's like a Fiat um, Multipla with yep. a lid, with a lid off, but with a window instead. Yeah. That's a good description, isn't it? I know. Mm. Excellent. That's that's what I do. It's my thing. I know anything can happen to me, but it's all in God's hand, the Pope told a Spanish newspaper. I remember that in Brazil they had prepared a Pope-mobile closed with glass, but I cannot greet people and tell them I love them from inside a sardine can, even if it is crystal. Wow. Uh, he's um, he's different, isn't he, this Pope? He really is. He's really different. Man of the people. Have you been enjoying the World Cup? Have you had World Cup fever? Uh, no. No, I've not. I, not I, fever. I felt slightly queasy. Uh, uh, well, that's because we've seen Glenn Hoddle's... Um, Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, guys. I can't unsee that. Next time Glenn Hoddle's on television, um, just have a look down uh, below. I mean, it You really, won't be able to stop looking. It's it's quite incredible what's going on there. It looked extremely uncomfortable, and I'm sure he winced when he stood up. I, I watched the opening ceremony, and I watched the first match, but I was contractually obliged to. Um, and I really don't see why people get excited. The, the one ex- Although, what about that Van Persie header? I didn't, see that I didn't see that. I've bit. only seen that, and it was amazing. The, the 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 one thing that was exciting is I was watching the football the football match at five live. So it was on a screen up in my. So I was typing away, and then I'd look up, and I'd look and I'd look up, and I could hear it. And the commentary was going. And I looked up, and I saw this fella just diving at this other fella, grabbing him around the waist, and bringing him to the ground. And loads of other fellas died. I thought, oh, here we go. They'd switched over to the rugby. All They'd right. switched it over to the rugby. It's past seven. It's a gorgeous morning, isn't it? Have some of that. Coming up in this hour, forced marriage, shared space and Justin Dealey. He can probably tie all of those three things together. And wouldn't it look beautiful and tanned and blonde? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. Okay. Is BBC Three Getting, um, getting spam on Twitter. Getting spam oh, on. Oh, really? Yeah. Obviously, a fake account. It's, it's got the picture of an egg. It claims to be Michael Melbourne 3, but it's got the picture of an egg. Thursday and Friday were great. Great in capital letters. Um, if you're going to spam me on Twitter, if you're going to send abuse or, or make fake accounts... They at were least, great, though. We did have a good time. Uh, at least uh, have the decency to, you know, uh, put a picture up instead of just using the egg. It makes it so, so obvious that it's a fake account uh, and that it's spamming. And I, I will be reporting you to the Twitter arty. But, you know, he don't tell no lies, does he? It was good Thursday Who? Friday. Who don't? Mike, Mike, it's yeah. not a real person, love. Yeah, I know Mike. exactly. I'm not going to make any accusations on the air. I know exactly who did that. You're saying it's me. Didn't say that. What, what are you saying? I didn't say that. Because my surname's Boyle. You think I'd be an egg? I d- Is that right? 
Are we there again? Wow. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. I just think it's a coincidence. That's all. I'm not saying anything. Now, from today, parents who force their children to marry could face up to seven years in jail. Last August, Bedfordshire Police applied for the mother of a girl to be sent to prison for contempt of court after a 16-year-old daughter was forced to marry despite a protection order being in place. The changes follow decades of campaigning by charities and other organisations to criminalise forced marriage. Well, here's the Home Secretary, Theresa May. Forced marriage is a fundamental breach of human rights that robs people of the opportunity to choose their own future. It can lead to abuse, rape and even murder in the most tragic cases. That's why forced marriage is now a crime. That was Theresa May speaking uh, in a piano bar earlier on. The new law follows decades of campaigning to criminalise forced marriage. The Law Society uh, backs the move and Joy Merriam chairs the Access to Justice Committee. Joins me now. Good morning, Joy. Good morning. Joy, why do you think this is a good idea? I think it's a good idea because the current civil law isn't affording sufficient protection to, uh, to the persons it should be at the moment. Um, there's no, there's no sanction after the event. If the forced marriage has taken place, there's nothing that can be done. All that can be done at the moment is to apply for these forced marriage protection orders. But if they're breached, the only remedy available is, is to apply, as you said in your opening, for um, imprisonment for contempt of court, and this rarely, if ever, happens. So, so what, what exactly has changed? How does this new law work? Well, the way the new law works is it really takes it away from what, what's called the person to be protected, the person who we think is going to be the subject of the forced marriage it takes the onus away from them so that if there is a breach of a protection order or if there has been a forced marriage it's the crown prosecution service and the police who will then prosecute it so in a way it it, it, there's been some criticism that it might make people less likely to report the fact that they think they're they're going to be forced into a marriage but in fact it's helping and supporting them because within the context the cultural context of their community it's no longer them that's taking the action against sadly what is usually their family it is the authorities and that there are families obviously and communities who think that forced marriage is, is perfectly acceptable don't they well, I don't know about that. I mean, you must be careful to distinguish between arranged marriages, which are culturally, can be considered culturally appropriate in some, in some uh, communities, uh, and forced marriage, which is in fact forcing somebody to marry against their will. Well, someone must think it's acceptable, otherwise it wouldn't happen. Well, it, some, some, uh, sadly, uh, it, is, it is considered appropriate by, by some to force their children into marriage, and, 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 the, and the children uh, can be stigmatised if they don't go along with this, and it's those children young people that we're trying to support by this legislation, why the law side is in favour of it. You, you hinted at this, but there, is there a danger that this might, um, this new law might force this issue underground? Well, I mean, that's what's said by those opposing it, but I, I really think if there's vigilance, and I understand there's going to be training, um, then that shouldn't happen. I mean, schools, uh, local authorities, children's services, the police, uh, communities have got to be aware, and if anyone suspects this is happening, you know, report it, uh, and therefore it won't be forced underground. At the moment, the onus is very much, again, on the, on the young person to report it. Uh, they're the ones um, who apply for the protection order or, or, the, or the local authority on their behalf. Uh, for somebody else to apply on their behalf, they've got to have the court's permission. But as I say, this really takes it away from the young person and puts it firmly in the hands of the authorities. Uh, in Scotland, uh, breaches of protection orders were criminalised uh, three years ago, but there haven't been any prosecutions, have they? No, 
and, and there have been very few forced marriage protection orders. They had a very similar civil legislation to us. Uh, and the only statistic I've been able to find is that since the Act came in in 2011, they only had two protection orders made. There's been over 2,000 made in the UK since the Act came in in 2007. In Scotland, there's been only one allegation of breach, and they don't seem to have prosecuted it. But that's rather similar to our civil prosecutions for contempt of court, which I think is why this is needed in Scotland as well. And the, the Act that's coming in today does provide for that to be enacted in Scotland. I'm not clear whether it is being enacted in Scotland, but certainly the provision is there in the Act to enable that to happen. Joy, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you for explaining it so well. That's uh, Joy Merriam from the Law Society, 08459 555 555. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. So how did you get so many calls then, tell me? Because um, I haven't had any. I asked the right questions. What questions did you ask? What if you had fall on you? Are you doing... Are you, okay, you were doing that. And right, yeah. passport. Oh, yeah, we were talking about passports. Well, Sh- should I be worried? Right, Call me now. All right. It's, it, you know, it's simple but effective. No, okay. But you would never listen to me. Um, should over 65s get married? Okay, okay. No, what's that? What's the actually? point of getting married when you're old? Okay, I can... All right, all right. You know, keep it sharp. All right, And okay. then put Call Me Now on the end. All right, I'll, do th- I'll have a go. See if it works. It might not work for you. It will work for me. You know. So, in light of um, Indiana Jones having... I've done that one. Sorry? What if you had fall on you? I've not done that. That's what it was. I've not done that yet. I don't think he knows what he's going to do. No, I don't. In light of Indiana Jones having the Millennium Falcon falling on his foot, I want to know what has fallen on you. I have had a big box of books fall on my head and it really, really hurt. Go me. Go you on 08459455. So what have you had falling on you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Try and keep it light and fluffy if you don't mind. 08459455555. What was the question, sorry, mate? I was just busy. I'm asking people... To tell me about their times of when things have fallen on them. Oh, too late! I've already done it. No, uh, but I had a dog in Bedford. That's what I heard that rumor. (laughs) We had a guy. A bridge fell on him. Yeah, squaddy. They don't tend to phone um, you. You. All right. Okay. I got another one then. Okay. So, dog fell out of a window, two stories onto a woman in Bedford. You'll never get that one. So try. So. In light of the fuori surrounding the uh, passports, um, I don't know. have done it. I was wondering. Are you worried? I was Call me now. We've done it. Honestly, he doesn't listen to it. He really doesn't. Next, he'll be talking about that chicken. You know how you can't clean chicken anymore because yeah. of the bugs. And yeah. you can't file a backer. Should be worried yeah. about it. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call on that. No, Sorry, call me now, yeah. 08459 okay. Have you got another one? Yep. Do you wash your chicken? Health experts warn... No, we've sort of... Health experts warn you shouldn't wash chicken. Done it splashes bugs all over right. the kitchen. This, when he says compile a bacteria, we should stop washing yeah, chicken before cooking because doing okay. so can He'll spread potentially fatal bacteria. Health experts warn. Called... Campy... Campylo... Yep, there you go. Oh. Campylobacter is responsible for most what cases of food poisoning plum. in Britain every year. So give me a call now. Do you clean What's your meat? Point? Can we do oh, that? 08459455555. Good phone-in. Good, good ones. They're all really good there, mate. P- 
put them up. I've got a better one. What? What colour shirt do you think Ian's wearing? And how... <laughs> Why is he laughing so much? I think he probably heard himself saying Campyla back to her wrong. Mm. 08459 oh, four double five five double five. Can you say it? Exactly, that's a really good phone. That, isn't it? Come on and say Campyla Bacta. Oh wait, four five nine, four double five, five double five. I'm not wearing no. a shirt, I'm wearing a blue jersey. Oh you've just ruined it. I can see your nipples. Smuggling peanuts, isn't it? You really are. It's not Scanning I'm, wheel I'm nuts. okay with that though, that's fine. <laughs> Wow, I could hang my coat on them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's cold in here, isn't it? Apparently. Uh, nipples, are nipples a thing? Are they a thing? Well, they certainly are in there. Well, no, I mean, they're not a thing. It's not that bad. We used to refer to those as Julie Martins. Do you remember Julie Martin from Neighbours? Oh. She always... No, Hannah Martin. No, she was the... I'm talking about the mother. Oh, I don't remember She was Julie. always cold. She was the one who had a mental breakdown, didn't she? No. She was married. Who was married to um, the fella with the hair? Des Clark. No, not Des Clark. He had the sideburns. That was Daphne. He w- they lived with Jim Robinson. Oh, they might have been then. Did she have? A- she had a mental breakdown, and she appeared one episode in a Basque. Well, that was just an excuse. Yeah, yeah. I remember that a lot. Anyway, so um, can you? Bones are going n- nowhere. Do you clean your meat? When was the last time you cleaned your meat? Yeah, wrong. Um, I don't think that's interesting. What has... Shut up. I don't think our shut listeners will care to they hear will. what... Of course they'll care I think if they started cleaning their meat, it would have been done recently. What it's a new thing. has fallen on you? No, no we've, we've done, done that. that. Should Catherine be worried about her passport? And old people getting married. What's the point? Number 12. Number 11. Uh, number 3. Leighton Buzzard Cranfield. Kitchen. BBC introducing In Beds, Hearts and Bugs... What was that? What? I was trying to warn you. It's what? short. I'm trying to read something on Facebook. It was, um, I think it's called a tease. That's exciting, isn't it? What oh, is it? edge of my seat. I wasn't listening. What is it? It's just exciting. Something about introducing. You'll soon find out. Let's, uh, hang on a second. Let me, just, let me just play that again. Let me just drag this down. Hang on a second. Let me just, and uh, hitching. Hitching's involved. Okay, hang on. Mm. Let's have a, li- a listen. So this is, what, this is what we just played and what I missed. Have you ever seen a cat when it gets no, into its no, basket? No. It'll turn and turn and turn and stick its paws into the bottom. Right. And it sounds when it gets on your lap and it digs its paws into your leg because it thinks it's going to sleep on a snake. Oh, that is exciting, isn't it? That is exciting. Hey! Oh! I tried to take a picture of a woman's legs yesterday Hello. for you Catherine right that's illegal you know <laughs> I know and I didn't quite pull it off she you'll never guess what she was wearing on her feet what was she wearing on her feet she was wearing blocker boots <laughs> She totally had blocker boots on. Really? She had blocker boots. She was so high, she was nearly touching the sky. It was, I was, I could not believe it. I was out in town with the boys for Father's Day. I turned around and I saw this one. I thought, what the, she's wearing blocker boots. It was incredible. I couldn't take a picture of her feet, though. I did try. I just got pictures of her bottom. What's your name? Right, and that's going to be your defence, is it? <laughs> I'm just saying it now, so it's out there. Wow. I'll be in court week Monday. No, honestly, she, she had, it was the most amazing thing. So were they, she was on the actual platform with the... Yeah! With the scaffolding? Yeah! Wow. They were blocker boots! What a nutter! It was incredible. Yesterday was a bit wet as well. <laughs> I know. She actually could have gone... Uh, it was an accident waiting to wow. happen. Wow. Um, Hats off for trying, though. Yeah, fair play, fair play. Where are we going next? 
Have we got Justin coming up? Yes. We're getting hold of Justin okay, now. Okay. Obviously, he's got the uh, he's got the holiday feeling still. <laughs> he's got a new haircut. Yeah, he's he feeling does. fly. His hair is. Uh, I've never seen that colour yellow before. Golden. Sunning. That'll be it. Why not? Or lemon juice. Did you ever do that when you were a kid? No, of course not. Yeah. I did dye my hair a couple of times when I was about twenty. Did you? What colour? Um, cherry. Rich red brown. Oh, that was kind of the only option if you had dark hair. Yeah, it was days, nice. Wasn't I, look, it? I look cute. Was it henna? No. Or was it one of those harmony um, sachets that you could? It was a sachet. Yeah. <laughs> shampoo in. We, me and my mate, went, we were bored one day um, at college, and we're like, "Should we go to the chemist downstairs and dye our hair?" Yeah, right, wicked. And we bought some black hair dye, uh, and the woman said, "You know, that's permanent." But so we we did it. So we we got this cherry, this rich red brown, and we dyed it in. And my friend Simon, his hair was thinning, but he went bald after we dyed it. Do you think there's a connection? There definitely was a connection. Well, I did that, and I didn't go bald. I'm still pretty uh, uh, hairy. I also used to use a mousse. You could get on a mousse. Where? From the chemist. I mean, where did you on your head? Yeah. No wow. point doing it anywhere else. What are you talking about now? Anyway, yeah, dyeing your hair. Call me now. What have you done? I was going to do that. I could have done that. Fact, no, let's stop. Not dyeing your hair. <coughs> have you done something different? Call me now. Because you look lovely. Now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Call me now. This is how you get them. You make them feel good. Uh, I, I'm, I was going to do that. Here, also, here's something very exciting, okay, that's happening on Friday. Catherine, Paul... What's that? I don't know. Is that your phone? I think it's Justin. Yeah, he's trying to FaceTime me. I don't know why he's... Justin's trying to FaceTime you? What? I think this is. The Jetsons. Catherine. <laughs> Catherine, Scoins and myself, we're doing something very exciting on Friday. Mm. We're going to, to a place that I only thought existed in dreams. We're going to a cheese restaurant. Yeah. A restaurant. They're cheesecake, otherwise I'm out. No, all they do, all they do is cheese. Imagine that. All they serve is cheese. Primula. And it's not... No, it's not that kind of cheese. Ba 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 baby bell. <laughs> uh, no, it's like proper... It's like um, stinking bishop's oh, finger. wow. And, um, you know, that kind of stuff. I'll just have a cup of tea and watch. No, you can't. Cheese for starters, cheese for main, and cheese for dessert. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. They'll be rolling as home. I am not eating... I had a bowl of cornflakes today. That's my last meal before we go to the cheese restaurant. <laughs> and I'm just going to... I'm going to fill myself till I'm weeing cheese. Wow, that's um, an image we didn't need. Yep, man, we go. We're back to that. Let me know, um, you know, when we're ready for the show to continue. Catherine, I know you've had a couple of days rolling in the glory of being presented. But it seems you may have forgotten. Fan mail you seems you may have forgotten how to uh, the hard-faced nose at the colliery of well, production. You, know, you seem to have forgotten how to fill. You've got the papers there. Let's read some of the front pages. Um, That's what you do, right? Is that it? Mm-hmm. The, lots of the front pages have got pictures of a walking baby. Isn't, oh, he, isn't he walking cute, quick? He's cute, though. Walking, it's just a doddle for the toddler prince, says the Daily Express. Daily Mail, can you play against Uruguay on Thursday, George? And Justin's there. Where? Here. Where, where are you, Just? Wally Boss, I'm... Uh, oh! You're there. Hello? Morning, Boss. Morning, Boss, you there? Yes, I'm here. You will? Justin, can you hear me? Hello, Ian. Justin? Hello, Ian. Can you hear me? Yes, Ian, I can hear you. Is Justin going to be there, or what? What fader is he on? Fader three. Press stop. Okay. Justin? Morning, boss. Shall I do the papers until he comes? Can you not hear him? Can you really not hear him? Huh? 
No, I can't hear him. Is he there? Yeah, of course he is. Justin, keep talking. Hello. Hello, guys. Do you want me to do the papers? I think just go to Justin. Justin! Morning, boss. Morning, Just. Morning, how are you? Good, thanks. Now... It was supposed to promote harmony, understanding, and ma- you just went there for a second, and maybe even romance between motorists and pedestrians. But the establishment of a shared space scheme outside Dunstable's Asda has been creating more conflict than cooperation. Yes. <laughs> this is the courtesy crossing. So with no white lines, no Belisha beacons, just a, a different colour bit of tarmac. Now, I quite enjoyed this. I thought it looked okay, but I'm not... Oh, you're uh, wrong. I, no, I'm not mm. old, and I'm not blind, and I'm not disabled, and I'm not having to drag kids across there. Wow. So, some, people, some people didn't like it, and it would appear that the council have listened to those complaints. Absolutely. I mean, Ian, well, we've been covering this story now for, what, the last 12 months or so. Every single time we come down to Court Drive in Dunstable, just outside Asda, um, the radio car is surrounded by people saying, look, you've got to do something about this. You've got to get the message to the council that this simply isn't safe. It's uh, a 20 miles per hour road. Um, you are relying on motorists stopping for pedestrians. So no zebra crossings have been here uh, since this road started. But the news is that three new zebra crossings, they will be painted during the summer months. This is something that our listeners have said to us on a regular basis. So that's going to be happening to hopefully Hang make on. this road safer. Hang on, they're going to be painting mm. them during the summer months? Yes. Why don't they do it tonight? I, do you know, it's not that difficult to paint a zebra crossing, is it? You need two cans of paint <laughs> and, a, and two different brushes. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I'm looking forward to this. After 8 o'clock this morning, you're going to be talking to somebody from the council about this project. That I can't wait for. And I am convinced, again, put the question to him, that it's because so many people have been coming to us saying that something's got to be changed, that, that maybe that's why they are changing things. So, so three new zebra crossings going in over the summer months. I'm here in Court Drive this morning talking to people about this. Here's what they had to say. So, Mike, the news is that zebra crossings are coming back here in Court Drive. What's your reaction to that? Excellent. It's about time. It will save some kids' lives. People, well, it's supposed to be 20 mile an hour limit, but uh, people don't realise that, and they race down here at 30 plus. Somebody's going to get killed, so put the pedestrians on. They've got a visual saying, you must stop now. So, so you're telling me that people never stop for, for pedestrians here? No, it's supposed to be courtesy crossings, but there's no courtesy in Dunstable. They race along here at 30 plus, especially the sports cars. It's crazy. So the council have got this right then? At last. Yeah. <laughs> it's taken them a while, but they've got there. And you're honestly saying that, that you think somebody would have been killed here unless these changes coming in were eventually made? Yes, yeah, that's on the main roads. We've got idiots racing around the car park. Now, Mohammed, you're, uh, you're a taxi driver using court drive all the time. You obviously stop for pedestrians, but other motorists, have they been stopping for pedestrians? Not really. Uh, normally, a taxi driver that normally stops, or you probably get people in a hurry and they just want to get past as soon as possible. And they leave the... Uh, Pedestrian stranded on both sides of the road. So, are you seeing near misses here on a on a weekly basis? Then, yeah, about good eight nine times a week. Seriously, yeah. So, the news that zebra crossings are coming back, you must see that as I, as great news for the people of Dunstable. Yeah, I think it is excellent news for the Dunstable community you know, around here. They want to get from one side to the other side of the road. So, I think it's a good idea. Well, Ray, we're here on Court Drive. You've just crossed the roads. Do the cars normally stop for you? Well, you take a gamble on that. I mean, some do and some don't, but they generally do. Yeah, most of them. You say they're taking a gamble. Zebra crossings are coming back. Have the council made the right decision there? I think they have, yeah. Of course, we've been waiting quite a while to get something like that. You feel safer with the crossings, your beacons and all that. 
As it is now, well, take a gamble, don't you? <laughs> Justin, thank you for that. One of the people who voiced concerns about shared space was Clive Bates. Morning, Clive. Morning, there. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Clive. You must be very pleased. Courtesy crossings out, zebra crossings in. Yeah, it's um, common sense has uh, prevailed, and uh, everyone's safer, the pedestrians. The car drivers will know where the crossings are, will look out for pedestrians. So it's a win-win situation, I think. Uh, and what do you think about the other changes that they're making? They're taking steps to improve the clarity of the bus lane. Yeah, that's so important, because we've all got anecdotal um, stories of... Uh, people finding themselves in the bus lane, who, especially people who are not used to Dunstable. So, yeah, once again, another win situation. You would have thought, listen, I had no problems with the crossing because I'm a, a fit-ish, able-bodied, fully-sighted person. But, of course, I can completely understand if you're, um, you're visually impaired or you're in a wheelchair or you're trying to get kids across. It's going to be a tough road. Why do you think the council messed this up so much? Well, to be honest with you, I don't know. The, um, you would think this would be sorted in the planning stage and these considerations would be taken into account. Obviously, they weren't. So, But now, at long last, someone's seen sense and uh, going to go ahead with that. The council says that more than 60% of Dunstable residents support the goals of the court drive scheme. Are you in the minority, Clive? No, I don't think I am, because um, being involved in residence organisations, everyone that I speak to, and if you look on the Dunstable websites, there's very, very pe- few people who actually say they agree with what's happened down there. And also, I don't think 60% or just over 60%, that's not massive ringing endorsement of, of, of a project, is it? I think it's very, very poor, to be honest with you, and... Uh, yeah, what the comments have been, you know, people before have said, before I came on air, um, I think that shows that there's real concerns. Clive, listen, congratulations, well done. It, it, it's going to happen at some point in the summer, um, and we'll uh, try and find out a bit later on in the show exactly exactly when that will be happening. Yeah, my respect, boss, yeah? Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Here we go. Okay, we'll have a look at the front pages of the papers in a bit. If you want to give me a call, 08459 555. Lee's in Dunstable. Morning, Lee. Morning, Ian. What would you like to say, boss? Uh, just about Cool Drive. I live on Cool Drive. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Right, putting zebra crosses in there ain't going to make a difference, I don't think, really, because oh. uh, by law, you don't have to stop at a zebra crossing unless it's a traffic light crossing. Yep. Right, another thing is, yesterday I drove through Cool Drive. I was the only person to stop for a blind man trying to cross the road. Everybody else just went straight over the crossings and just blatantly ignored him. People drive down there doing 40, 50 mile an hour on the wrong side of the road. You get little boy racers down there riding their crossers, their bikes, up and down there, no helmets, no number plates. No one does anything about it, just a matter of time till someone gets killed or they have a serious car accident. It, the introduction of, of zebra crossings, I, I know that legally you don't have to stop un, until someone's got their foot on there, but, but, but generally the majority or a significant number of drivers respect the zebra crossing, don't they? So surely yeah. that's going to have some improvement. Uh, it might have a little bit of improvement, but the, I, mean, I, I mean, like I say, I live down here, so mm. I get to see quite a lot of people that drive down there, and the majority of the people that don't stop are the younger drivers and the older drivers the sort of middle-aged people the 40, 45 year old sort of people they stop yeah you know, but the younger people they don't care they just they just hammer it down there and the amount of people you see with children because obviously you've got Asda and you've got a park on the other side where it's got a um, 
a play area for children. So the area, like on the weekend, especially on a nice weekend, like this weekend, is absolutely rammed full of kids. You know, it's, and like I say, it's a matter of time until one of the kids comes out of them play, that play part and gets run over. And I can't see the driver stopping, to be honest, yeah, if they did run them over. We're going to speak to the council later on, Lee. What's your message to them? Get a traffic light crossing in there and a speed camera. Lee, we'll put it to them. Why, 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 is this, why is Phil sending me a stroppy text? He's not. He's just reiterating, I think. Well, he's, no, he's, he's not. echoing your thoughts. He's not echoing my thoughts. He's uh, accusing my thoughts of being I- incorrect. Well, he got in before you said it. So Phil says, we've had this conversation before. Cars don't have to stop at zebra crossings unless there is already someone on it. Standing next to a crossing is not a signal for cars to stop at the highway code. Yeah, except this isn't a zebra crossing anyway. What? The courtesy crossing. No, but it will be a zebra crossing. Yeah. And I said that. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> oh, thanks very much. Shall we look at the front page of the papers? Yeah, why not? Why not, indeed. Why not, indeed, indeed, indeed. Uh, the Times has got... There's all the pictures of, of um, Prince George um, on there. I don't quite know why. It's because he can walk now. Is it? He can walk now. Is it? Yeah, well, my boy's been able to walk for ages. They're on the front page of all the newspapers, are they? Um, at the Times. Gove Ally Savages number 10 on schools. Cameron is a sphinx without a riddle. That's a great line, isn't it? What does it mean? Let's read on and find out. Michael Gove's closest ally has accused a bumbling David Cameron of holding back the Education Secretary's radical school reforms. Dominic Cummings said that the Prime Minister's failure to give greater support showed he lacked the slightest sense of purpose about what he wanted uh, to achieve in the government. Kelly, can you stop FaceTiming me, please? Mm? Can you stop FaceTiming me on the phone? Sauce, what? Can you stop FaceTiming me, mate? Um... Because I'm trying to do a radio show. Hello, Ray, it's Catherine. I'm going to put you through now. See, so Catherine's okay. busy, working hard, Thank right? You, thanks. Flirting with Ray, whoever this Ray character is. So if you could stop FaceTiming, that would be awesome. Right? Why don't you just answer it? I'll answer it. It doesn't work here. Hmm. It says connecting. It says connecting here as well. The thing about FaceTime and about Skype and all these futuristic ways of communicating, uh, they never work. Whenever you're doing a Skype, you know how all Skype conversations go? Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? I could hear you better if you were on FaceTime. Can you hear me? Yeah. No, um, this is how Skype conversations go. Hello? Yeah. I can see you. I can't see you. It crackles like that. It goes... Oh... It does. It does. We're doing Skype impressions, Catherine. Yeah. Can you say... I can't see them. They've gone. It's frozen. No, you froze... Oh, no, there you are. I can't... Oh, I can't hear them. Well, call back. I'll call you on the phone. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes. That's Skype, isn't it? But it's free. So <laughs> you can't moan. Ray's in Dunstable. Morning, Ray. Good morning, Ian. How are you this morning? I'm very well, thank you, sir. But uh, oh. in connection with the zebra crossings, they're talking about court drive. Oh, yes, go on. I'm, uh, I agree with you there. They will be a lot safer. But the pedestrian crossing, the zebra crossing that they have on Biscombe Road and Luton Road is a disaster still. Oh, why? Why is that a disaster? Because... Uh, I'm a blind gentleman with a guide dog, and the cars do not stop until the last until they have to. Oh. 
Now, I've been on, um, Justin came down with me to Court Drive one day, but it, we didn't go down to Biscombe Road, yeah. which is, it is a, a death trap there. Oh. Uh, God, you, you know, you hear it all the time uh, about the pedestrian crossings and whatnot, sorry about that, <laughs> but um, it is really, really dangerous there. And there's a, a blind lady who can't go down to Dunsville on that road because it is too dangerous for her. She hasn't got a guide dog. And it, 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 the other, there's three pedestrian crossings, there's zebra crossings on that stretch. And why they couldn't have made the fourth one um, pedestrian crossing, I don't know. So you, uh, you're disappointed that there's not a traffic lights or something being yes. installed? Yes, yes. On the Biscombe Road uh, junction now. Yeah. Because they have three, outside Sainsbury's there, they have three sets of of, uh, pedestrian crossings with the lights. And then they have one with the beacons. And they don't stop for the beacon ones. So do you think, Ray, with these introductions of these uh, these zebra crossings uh, in Core Drive, do you think that's going to help things or not? They will help. They will help. Okay. Yes, I do. How I do. does your guide dog know how to use a zebra crossing? Does it... Does, you does, tell him, you tell him I want to go to the crossing, and he'll take you to the... Really? Oh, God, yes. I know we've spoken about guide dogs before, and I, they, I, it amazes me how... In, just how amazing and clever they are. So <laughs> you, you're, you'll be on one side of the road... Yeah. And can you say, dog, take me to zebra crossing, <laughs> and it will take you there? I have done this with... I, I think I phoned you before. Yeah. And you wanted to come, because you wouldn't believe me no. where the dog would take I'm me. I'm still not totally sure I believe you, Ray. Well, I tell you what, I'd put a £100 bet on with you what? that uh, any destiny for guide dogs, not for me, for guide dogs, yeah. um, that you come out with me for a walk, You, yeah. I'll give you a list of places where I want to go, and you pick out the name on that list yeah. of where we're going, and we'll see if the dog takes us there or not. I'm, te- I'm tempted. <laughs> we'll make it fifty pounds then for guide dogs. I'm, I'm still not tempted that much. <laughs> All right, then a hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> a pound. Uh, Ian, that cost me the bus fare. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> right, listen, make sure your dog knows where all the crossings are, and you crawl safe, okay? <laughs> okay. Good, good fellow, Ray. Thank you very much. I will go out one day. One day, uh, and sick. It, it does amaze you. Can say to the dog, "Take me to the zebra crossing," and it will go. Does that not amaze you, Kelly? Are you not amazed by that? I'm amazed. How does this, how does a dog know it's a zebra crossing? I don't know. I don't know how you tell a dog, "Let's go there," and the dog just knows without a map. That is nuts. I mean, it must have been there before, Catherine. Yeah, but how do you explain it to the dog? The this place with the books and the people's legs. Library. 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 <laughs> That's how you do it. Obviously, you've got away with dogs. That's how you do it. And you, you generally, you have to give it pleasure, don't you? Pardon? You, yeah. have to, you have to make it worth its while, yes. You have to give it pleasure. A treat. Yeah, Exactly. You have to reward it in a pleasurable fashion. Mm-hmm. So you go to it. And give it a little dog biscuit. Give it a little something, yeah. And if it doesn't know the way, you have to tug it along. No, 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 no. How can you if you don't know where you're going? I would have thought... <laughs> wouldn't... 
What? Where are you going, Kelly? Where are you going? She's really upset. What have you done? <laughs> Wouldn't someone who can see have to program it? Probably, yeah. They would, though. I mean, I think they call it training rather than programming. But, yeah, I think you've got a point there. Um, just like to say to the listener, the one that's left, this wouldn't have happened on my watch, as you well know. Thursday, Friday. You're right, Kels. Could be the future. So we're going to program the dog. <laughs> and if it, and you, then you give it pleasure when it takes you there. Well, you make it worth its while, yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double. If you've ever programmed uh, a blind dog, then yeah, the dog can see. What? That's not so impressive. <laughs> I know the dog can see. I know. But if you've ever programmed a blind dog. Oh eight four Call five. Call me now. Oh wait, I'm doing it. Yeah. Phones lighting up. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. How do you, I, it does amaze me that you can't give them coke tops anymore, can you? You can't give them what? No. Coke tops. What's that? You used to give them coke tops. What's a, what's a coke top? Uh, r- ring poles. <laughs> Didn't you? you? Used to give. Used to collect ring poles. What? Oh, for guide dogs. Yes. Yeah. And you could get, if you got like a hundred ring poles, you could get a... a you send them to Blue PT. You could get a guide dog yeah. for someone, couldn't you? Yeah, they never sent mine to Why? me. I thought I was going to get a guide dog. Who knows? Okay, my ring kids, pole. you don't know this, right? Sorry? Who knows where the extra hole is in the ring pole? Sorry, <laughs> what? No, now you get the ones where uh, you yeah. don't have to completely extract it. Yeah. My sister used to call those wrinkles, by the way. Can you pull my wrinkle? Okay. Um, yeah. Now you're supposed to spin it round, and the hole... Yeah. It's for your straw. In the old days. Did day, you know that? In the old days. Did you know I'm going to talk to um, someone who's blind in a second, so a bit of respect. In the old days, kids, you used to have to pull the ring pull and it'll come off, okay, yeah. completely. Who knows the first instance in this country where the modern style of ring pull was ever straw seen? straw hole, by the way. It's okay. for your straw. Who knows where it was first seen in this country? I'll tell you. Tab clear. No. Jason Donovan in Neighbours. The next day at school... In this country? Sorry? Neighbours is in Australia. But it was in this country. The first time it was ever seen in this country, was Jason Donovan, Neighbours. That afternoon at school, when we all went back, everyone's mind was blown. How did he open a can of Coke with just one hand? Anyway, I've got to talk to Phil. Phil, morning, Phil. Hi, Ian, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. You're blind, are you? I am. How do you programme a guide dog? How do you programme a guide dog, right? <laughs> do, do right, you go up to and go, library? Right. Not necessarily. Um, but not, no, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Oh. Not, not, not quite as, as good as that. But, but what, well, what is basically the dog is taught uh, how to find things. It's taught how to find doors. Yeah. Um, it's taught how to find crossings. Um, when you go to a crossing, what will happen is it's it's it's, it's taught to you know the, the bobbles on the pavement. Yeah. Oh yeah. Before yeah. You, yeah it's taught to, um, before you get that. It's, it's taught to find them. It's taught to find crossing poles. It will take you to the crossing pole oh. and things like that. Oh. Um, but if you use things regular, I mean, when I'm walking with mine, I'm on my third guide dog now. Um, what what, you what, what are you doing to him, Phil? Are <laughs> <laughs> you, you getting hungry? What's going on there? <laughs> no, 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 I'm not that old. But I've, I've had I've my first one for nine and a half years. Yeah. I've my next one for nearly ten years, and wow. I've just got my third one now. Fantastic. Uh, but, but honestly, I tell you, it's absolutely brilliant. It changes your life. People don't realise. I bet it does. I, I bet yeah. you develop a real relationship with it with the dog, do you? You do. She's my best friend, and I mean that. Absolutely, my best friend. You know, 
they're worth every penny. And people don't realise, you know, what a difference it makes to your life. I, well, listen, you know, our tongues are slightly in our cheeks this morning, but hats off to to the uh, people that train the program, the guide dogs, because I do mm. think it's amazing what that what they get up to. And you, it, it will. Rec- so, it, you, if you say, "Take me to a crossing," it will take you to a crossing. Well, as long as you're getting close to where you want to go, I'll give yeah. you an example. Um, near me, there's just a few routes that I use, but one particular one is if I want to go into town. Now, on the way into town, if I want to divert um, to go to the park, um, she she will think she's... Because, well, there's like a crossing. We have to cross over to cross over somewhere else to go somewhere, if you know what I mean. So I'll be going straight down, and she'll automatically want to go at the crossing because she thinks, well, I'm going down that way. I'll say, no, straight on to it. We're going going to town, you know. You're you're sexist to your dog. That's so awesome. (laughs) She's brilliant, honestly. Honestly, if I turn around and say to... Yeah, right. So say... Right, let me get this right. So that crossing there, and I said, no, no, straight on. So then she knows we're going down the town then. Um, And say if I cross the crossing to go to the park, the doctor's on the same road. And I say, find the doctors, and she will literally find the steps to where the doctors are. I've got to cut you short because I'm I'm late for the travel and the weather, but thank you so much for that. I I do We have to go out with a guide dog at some point. Kath, we have to go and do it. I find it incredible. Absolutely incredible. Now, the Police and Crime Commissioner for Hertfordshire says he has a clear vision for policing and crime matters in the county. David Lloyd is publishing his annual report today and says it's been a good year for policing in Hertfordshire. David's in the studio now. Good morning. Morning. Good to be here. Uh, why are you saying it's been a good year for policing in Hertfordshire? Well, I think there are sort of five key achievements. Uh, we've had a safer county delivered. Local policing's been protected. The uh, preset's been frozen. Antisocial behaviour's been significantly reduced. And an improved service delivered so I think that's a a good report and one that we should reflect on Is it is that what the, the public are saying because I'd imagine that victims of crime are not necessarily thinking it's well, been such a good year uh, that is always one of those conundrums isn't it if mm. you're the victim of crime uh, no matter what happened to other people you still reflect on that crime which is why victims are at the heart of everything I do but there are far fewer victims of crime this year than there were last year there are broadly about 50,000 offences uh, over the last year uh, that's uh, that's uh, compared to around about the turn of the century it was uh, about 100,000 so we're about half the level which means far fewer victims which is always good news you've just made me feel so old by saying the turn of the century well <laughs> I think what's that got to do with it oh it was 14 years ago uh, are, are there enough police on patrol in Hertfordshire one of the things that I've been really keen to do is to protect local policing so uh, through the savings that we've made through the efficiency we've saved we've said the, the place has got to start is in that locality policing mm. having a chief inspector in every single borough and district having a place that they can uh, get together and making sure that we keep those frontline police there. So, yes, there are sufficient to do the job uh, and that's because of the efficient service that we've got. And what about funding? Because we know that cuts are being made and, and you had to foot a huge bill, didn't you, for the uh, the policing of the Bilderberg Conference in Watford? Yes, indeed, but one of the reasons that we have things uh, like money set to one side in reserve is to be able to fund that sort of thing. You'll know that the preset was frozen this year, it was frozen last year, so you're not paying any more for your policing in Hertfordshire. Um, and actually the funding that we got from central government uh, was surprisingly good. We, uh, we did very well. What we've got is a long-term plan which goes through to 2018. Uh, we know how we're going to get to 2018. We're going to use greater collaboration with uh, Bedfordshire and Cambridgeshire to make sure that we deliver an even more effective and efficient service. But by the way, in Hertfordshire, the service which is delivered is probably the most effective and efficient in the country. What collaborations are you going to be doing with Bedfordshire? Because there, there, I know there were some plans that kind of faltered a little bit. What have you been talking about with Darling Well, Martins? you know, all the time we're looking at uh, what you might call operational support. That's things like uh, legal, HR, uh, control room, all those areas that, uh, frankly, the public would expect us to be getting the best value for money and to be working together on. 
what's your plan your vision for the next 12 months well uh, a lot of it is more of the same um, one of the big things that uh, uh, changes over the next 12 months is that uh, we take control of uh, victims and commissioning for victim services. That means a lot of money comes from central government, about £1.7 million comes from central government uh, to ensure that victims get the right services commissioned for them. That will be a step change in what PCCs do and I think it's important. Uh, and, and what changes will victims of crimes notice? Well I think they'll get a, uh, a, a service which uh, focuses even more on their need. I think that uh, what we've got to do is try to move the police away from focusing just on criminals and moving to focusing on victims of course the two are very very closely linked but that's the difference they'll get i want to make sure there's an even better customer service for victims of crime can you can you promise people living in hearts there'll be no changes to frontline policing in the next 12 months i can never promise anything in the future because you don't know what will come along but it has certainly been uh, one of the things that's been key to the, to the delivery of policing uh, which is uh, a really protective frontline of policing neighborhood policing is safe with me uh, and has been over the last couple of years. Policing has had a, a, a bit of a bad press in the last 12 months with, with um, accusations of made-up figures, with Hillsborough, with, with Plebgate, with all of these things. Do you see um, the image improving at all? Have you seen it improving recently? Do you think the police can, can do more to improve their image? Well, it's a funny thing, isn't it? It's much like the health service, isn't it? That uh, people will say, oh yes, them over there are poor. But when you talk about local policing, uh, they really love their local police officers, their local neighbourhood team. Um, I think in Hertfordshire we've always had a very good relationship with the uh, public and I think actually that uh, uh, we don't get the same issues that you get in perhaps the more metropolitan areas. So I think that uh, trust in policing in Hertfordshire is high, rightly so. We've got a great constabulary and one which I highly applaud. Well, do, do you think that the Police and Crime Commissioner and, and the, the bodies that govern them, do you think that whole system is working? Are you happy with the way it's going? Well, for the first time people know about uh, how they are policing is governed I think it's going well police and crime commissioners make a big difference beforehand when there were police authorities only 7% of the people knew about how police were governed now something like 80% of the public know how police are governed according to a recent poll I think that's really very encouraging I think it's a much better way of uh, holding uh, policing and crime reduction to account and uh, you can hold me to account in a way that uh, perhaps as police authorities, it was very difficult to do Because the police and crime panel is struggling a little bit, isn't it? They're, they're, on Thursday, the body which holds you to account is, is going to discuss the idea it lowers the number of people who can turn up to meetings because it's not very well attended. It's a little bit concerning, isn't it? Well, there was a, an occasion where they were in quarrant. Uh, there were lots of reasons for that. Uh, they do have a high uh, technical issue about how many are quarrant. But I, do, I don't uh, think about who holds me to account or how because there are so many different people who hold me to account. You hold me to account frequently. Yes. Uh, I don't tell you how to do the job. Police and crime panel holds me to account frequently. I, I have no authority, do I? I can say, David, look, I, I think you made a terrible mistake here, and you, you take it on board or you don't. The police and crime panel, they, 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 I mean, they don't have that much power, but they are the body that, that monitors what you do, aren't they? They are, but I think there are lots of bodies which monitor which I, what I do, um, and uh, all of them are important to me. Okay, David, lovely to see you. Thank you very much indeed. Good to see you as well. Thank you very much. 08459 Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call. 
Fair play, David Lloyd always comes in. Always comes. He comes in too often sometimes. We, we turn up in the morning and he stood outside saying, do you, do you want anything today, guys? He's a... He's Not a, today, David. He's a good one. He always comes in. He always turns up. Uh, my late father-in-law, said David, had a guide dog and it knew where to take him, uh, be it to work or the post office or the boozer. I... I took it for a walk once. It couldn't take me across the road because it knew I could see. What? They're so, cheeky. I'm not on the clock now, mate. You can work yourself. <laughs> Phil says, Ian, can can you let Ian know his attempt to mock... Can you let Ian know his attempt to mock me because he didn't like what I said? It was made even more pathetic by giving me a regional accent I didn't have. Try and guess what accent I did have. Australian? From Phil. That was Nigerian. Was it? Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, well, there you go. Phil, I don't know. I don't know. You can do accents, can't you? Can you do a, can you do a Glasgow accent? The Scottish accent, I think, is the hardest of all accents. Is that the one where they say I hadn't got anything? Scotland? <laughs> Whoa! Wow! That's a surprise! That's why we've got Jimmy Cranky in the studio. Kelly, in more ways than one. Kelly's not in all of the ways, though, because we know what the Crankies get up to in their Woo! spare time. Woo! Woo! Uh, Kelly's got a hidden talent. Hidden talents, call me now. Oh, eight, four, five, nine, four, four, five, five, five. I got it first. I got it first. <sighs> what are they doing on Heart or Jack FM? Let's nick that. Uh, embarrassing moments, call me now. Ever had an embarrassing? Yeah, it's a good one actually. Ever had an embarrassing moment? Call me now. Oh, eight, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. And uh, what other hidden talents has Kelly got? Call me now. <laughs> oh, eight, four, oh, five, nine, five, 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 double, five. five. I once got stuck in the toilet. And when I mean stuck in the toilet, I mean in the actual toilet Wedged. bowl. Whoa, you fell down the bowl? Down it. Head first? No, bum first. Wowzers, how did, yeah. why? Suction, suction. Once so, you're in, you're not getting out, are you? Stuck. It's like those, you can't never sit on a, um, I know you can't technically because you have to do it with a pedal, but the, um, the planes, the toilets on a plane, <gasps> you could actually, so I'm sure someone got sucked off in uh, a plane toilet once. I'm sure they did. I'm sure I read that. Is it true, the story about someone flushing the toilet in an aeroplane and the water coming out frozen and stabbing a man to death? Is that true? Have you never heard that? We'll find out after the news. Thanks, Kath. Thanks for that. Thanks very much. Deary, deary, deary me. She's doing everything she can to sabotage this show so she gets this gig permanently. It ain't going to happen, sister. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. The last 55 minutes of the show before JVS. Yes, he's back at nine o'clock. Coming up, forced marriage... Shared space. And we'll catch up with Dealey. We've not had enough Dealey action today. We'll have a little chitty chat with him at some point. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, thanks, Kath. She's left a little little time bomb ticking in my head. It really doesn't help anybody at all. From today, parents who force their children to marry will face up to seven years in jail. 
You may recall last August, Bedfordshire police applied for the mother of a girl to be sent to prison for contempt of court after her 16-year-old daughter was forced to marry, despite a protection order already being in place. It's hoped the changes will help victims like this woman. I cried, I begged them for me to come back, back to London with them, and they just refused. They said no. They felt that I was becoming far too westernised and I was going to bring shame onto the family. Their decision was that if I was to be taken away and forced into a marriage, it would be the right thing for me. I was physically abused, mentally abused, sexually abused, verbally abused. I wasn't even allowed out of the house. I was a prisoner in a home. I was treated like a slave the whole time, and it was just very, very, very traumatic. Well, in a moment, we'll hear from Anisha Bunjan, who's a barrister and solicitor and was on the committee of the Association of Asian Women Lawyers for seven years. But first, let's speak to Dr. Nazia Khanum, a researcher and campaigner on forced marriage and violence against women. She also chairs the United Nations Association Luton branch. Good morning, Nazia. Good morning. Why are people forced into a marriage? Well, there are various reasons, as one of the victims told you just a little while ago. The fear of westernization is one of the reasons for parents. And I think particularly there are some economic reasons as well. They want to actually marry their daughters off to people they know, like relations, like cousins, etc., so that they can keep their properties intact. And there may be other reasons as well, like, for example, they want their girls to behave following the code of practice, uh, honor and uh, shame uh, code, and so that the girls don't do anything which will bring shame to their families and so on, you see. I imagine um, it can be quite devastating for the young women who are forced to, to marry. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's a horrendous practice and it has to be, you know, tackled very forcefully. Do you think that criminalising forced marriage will help victims? There, there is an argument, isn't there, that it could drive it underground even more? Yes, that's, that's my concern as well, because, you know, we have examples of that. For example, FGM, you know about that, female genital mutilation. Yes. And we have a very strong piece of legislation for many, many years, but prosecution was almost nil under that because of the fear that that will bring um, sort of, you know, criminal prosecutions against parents. And many of the victims themselves don't want to see their parents behind bars at all. It's a conflict of interest, isn't it? Conflict of loyalties. You love your parents and you don't want them to go to prison, but you don't want them to force you to marry someone. Absolutely. And that's why I always actually put far more emphasis on education, raising awareness, so that a very old uh, bad practice can be tackled through education and removing ignorance from parents because they think they're doing the right thing by protecting their children and they know best what is good for their children. Is there enough support for victims of forced marriage? Uh, I don't think so, really, because if you look at even the implementation of the previous law, which was the Civil Protection Act, um, I don't think that enough training was given to the implementing agencies or enforcement agencies, and I don't think the community engagement was good enough. It was very weak as far as I'm concerned. So awareness raising uh, has to be done alongside uh, a piece of strong legislation. Dr. Nazia Khanum, thank you very much. We can speak now to Anisha Bunchan. Uh, good morning, Anisha. Good morning. Do you think the changes will help victims of forced marriages? Um, I definitely think um, it definitely will raise awareness. In terms of helping them, 
Um, it depends how they're going to be helped. Um, obviously, prosecuting their family members is, is, is a big onus on the actual victim. Um, it's something which will, which will actually be quite difficult to, um, to go, to actually take your parents to court and actually let, um, you know, watch them face the trial. Um, I, I definitely think that the legislation is a double-edged sword. Um, what, what stories have you come across in your line of work? Um, I've come across um, uh, uh, an, on a number of actual um, girls which have actually um, come forward to our organisation when I was actually on the committee. Um, they, I actually haven't represented anybody personally in court, but I've worked closely with um, lawyers who, have, who actually have represented them. Um, it, it's a case where the actual victims, they will sort of just want to, they don't actually know where to turn or who to speak to about it. Um, and, um, you know, um, that, that I've come across a case where um, parents um, have actually um, just spoken to their actual children and said, oh, we're just going to take on holiday um, to India and um, sort of... Um, take them to, on, on, uh, on a holiday to India on false pretenses, really. And as soon as they've got to India, um, confiscated their passports. Um, and and they're, they're actually sort of just left there in, in India. So, so I've come across cases, that, cases like that which have been pretty devastating and very obviously horrendous for the actual victim. So they, so they don't really know where to turn It to. seems odd to me, Anisha, that this is only just being made illegal now. Well, I suppose before, I think that the situation was, it does, it does seem um, rather odd, um, but I think that the situation was is that obviously there were civil remedies in place. And I think that the difficulty which the law sort of faced was that they thought that there were um, criminal sanctions already, which were already in place, um, which probably, they, you know, they, they, they felt that that was going to be sufficient to be able to, um, to, to, be able to uh, deter against uh, forced marriages or anyone that's um, being coerced into uh, into forced marriages and obviously now it's been and now the awareness has been raised over the past few years um, the laws had to try and change to um, to really um, send a strong message out there to, to, to sort of say that you know uh, to stamp it out so Anisha Bunjan, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. That's uh, Anisha Bunjan, who's a barrister and solicitor. And uh, we also heard from Dr Nazia Khanum, a researcher and campaigner on forced marriage. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I've just been told the most amazing story. Oh, yeah, go on. No. Why? Because I think we need to give it a little bit of space in between that item and the next thing. Okay. And then it will um, okay, yeah, it sure. will be great. Okay, I look forward to that. Yeah. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. What's the matter, though? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing is the matter. Okay. You all right? Yeah, you all right? Fine, yeah. Good. I'm glad to hear it. You sound really off mic, mate. sound as if you're sitting back. Yeah. yeah. You're sitting really back, waving. I've actually hurt myself quite badly. That's a shame. It's a real shame. It's a real shame. Bleeding a bit. Yeah, there we go. On your elbow, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Banged it on the window. Wow. On a window? Mm. On a window frame. What What window would that be? Not the window to my studio, where. No. No? Okay. Why would I do that? To try and distract me? No. Just cleaning the windows on the weekend. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> 
enough of my problems luxury aren't they they are compared luxury. to yours compared to what you're, the problems you're going to have uh, at one minute past nine onwards yeah 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 enjoy laugh it up fuzzball <laughs> wow laugh it up fuzzball fuzzball why are you calling me fuzzball because you look like a wookie guys guys what is going on what is going on do you know what he's been weird since I um, stepped in for him and with great success over the last couple of days I I don't know if it was necessarily with great success well uh, how many calls have you had today I've had but what quality they've been not just people going oh wish you luck no they weren't saying that were they they were telling us good stories yeah 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 a bridge fell on a man bridge oh bridge bridge and a dog fell on a woman the thing that Kath doesn't realise is I listened to the show on Thursday and Friday and it was um you know, I mean, it was adequate. It was, it was kind of your local radio fodder, kind of what I was you expecting them in, to be. Yeah, you rang in. Sorry? What did you, you ring in for? In? Could you hear me then? I thought I was just thinking that. Oh. No, you're thinking it with your mouth. Hey, I heard, I was in Manchester, right? And I heard, I'm not going to say the name of the station, but it was the local BBC station in Manchester. Oh, well, I wonder what that could be called. Well, I don't know. They were doing, at 11 o'clock on a Friday morning, what was the year? What was the year? 1990. Oh, good. It was the year that we lost Terry Thomas and um, the boss from The Professionals. And we also... um, uh, Madonna had a hit with Vogue. Oh. What was the year? It was 1990. Could have Googled it. That was five years before I left school. I was... I was 12, 13. 16, 17. Mm. All right, thanks. But why would anyone do Guess the Year? No one here why would you do 1990? That's not even that long ago. Uh, like, what yeah, happened mate, yesterday? It's 24 years ago. What happened yesterday? Call me now. What? No one here does Guess the Year, do they? Uh, I think, you know, sometimes it's an old fallback, isn't it? You know, it's so. a, no, it's lazy. What's in my pocket? All right, Kelly. Yes. Madonna had a hit with Vogue. Yep. We lost Terry Thomas and the boss from The Professionals. But what was the year? 18... 18- 41. It's an idiot. It's 8.16. We're all a bit excited. I'll give you a clue who's just popped into the studio. Bonjourno. Yeah, that's right. It's a, a French policeman <laughs> from a low, a low. <laughs> Jonathan Bernard-Smith is here. We'll find out exactly what he's uh, going to be talking about after the news, which is now. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Kill me now! Oh, I'd rather not. Go on. Look at my look at my tan. <laughs> All right, Justin <laughs> Dealey. Look at you. You're wearing a lovely uh, a lovely blazer. This is a jacket. What's a the difference? Well, a blazer has little kind of gold buttons or oh, something, doesn't okay. it? He's wearing a lovely jacket. Couldn't afford the trousers. No. <laughs> uh, very nice jacket. I like that. It suits thanks, you. Thanks, thanks um, But it, it looks like you've pulled the sleeves up a bit, so I get to see your golden arms. They are golden pretty golden. Golden arms, a lovely golden hair on your arms, the golden hair on your head. The... Have you done something to your eyebrows? No, they've just gone blonde, <laughs> haven't they? <laughs> My holiday in Frigiliana uh, has brought out the blonde in me. You make me want to puke. <laughs> <laughs> only, only, <laughs> thanks very much. Only out of jealousy, because oh. I would love, a, I'd love a week away. Would you? Yeah. Have a week at, at my luxury villa in Frigiliana. I've used up all my holiday. Oh. Can't have any holiday until my contract ends. Well, that was a bit silly. Yeah. Wasn't it? Wasn't it just? 
What's when does your contract end? September. We all want to know. Well, September. <laughs> Don't, don't, don't let Kath know. Kath, Kath, you know Kath filled in for me. I, so I gather, yes, she's, I gather she was excellent. No, no, you, you, she would oh, have told you that. Oh right, she's got her eye on this. She's got her eye on my seat. Another nice text come in. Sorry, be nice. The girls did great shows while you. Okay, so uh, Jonathan, what's funny the way those microphones I stop know, working, isn't it? They're a little bit uh, very temperamental. Another one from Brian. Yeah, what's Brian say? It was a better show. Okay, so what's on your <coughs> show? Well, coming today? up on the big phone in this morning. Yeah, we are reflecting the front page of pretty much all of the newspapers today. What about baby George walking? No, not that particular gem. Ah. We're talking about the more serious news in Iraq and the comments from our former Prime Minister, Tony Blair, yesterday. You see this? Yep, yep, yep. Tony Blair has rejected claims the current fighting in the Middle East is anything to do with his invasion back in 2003, and he thinks the West should take new military action in Iraq. Whilst he's ruled out sending troops on the ground, the former Prime Minister said that we could use airstrikes and drones as we did in Libya. Well, this morning from nine, I want your views on this. Do you agree with Tony Blair that we should take military action in Iraq? I mean, I guess there are two ways of looking at this. Mm. Either it was an almighty mess that we have helped create and frankly we now need to get involved to help the Iraqi people yep. because otherwise we're leaving them to be slaughtered in this way that the, the photos have you seen the photos today? well I was going to say a lot of the front pages have, have men being led away by uh, ISIS the front page of the Telegraph is a picture that's in some of the papers it's one of the most horrific pictures I've ever seen isn't it dreadful? it, it purports to show these ISIS uh, uh, rebels um, well about to gun down about 30 or 40 men yes it's it's, it's horrific absolutely it's absolutely horrific horrific and and do do we have to help the iraqis because ultimately you know we we started this war back in 2003 with the americans it now seems to have come to an absolutely dreadful head and frankly if we just stand by and and leave them to it loads and loads and loads of Mm. iraqi people are going to be gunned down by these militia well from nine this morning i want your views do you agree with tony blair that we should take military action in iraq or do you think we should stay well away is it frankly none of our business your calls 08459 555555 Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Deary, deary. Incredible pictures, incredible pictures. Um, I've got a text. I'll read that text in a little bit about toilet uh, activity. Oh dear. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now it was meant to improve traffic flow and make an area of Dunstable a better place for drivers and pedestrians to be. But now, more than a year on from the introduction of a shared space in Court Drive, parts that were dug up to make way for a new ra- road layout will be dug up again to make way for an old road layout. Confused, I am. Justin, you know what's going on. You're at Court Drive this morning. What's go- what is going on? Hello, Ian. Yes, it's um, very very confusing. It has been from day one really caught drive here in dunstable just by asda in the town center currently has no traffic lights roundabouts that don't look like roundabouts and no zebra crossings what you have instead are courtesy crossings so you are relying on the motorist stopping for pedestrians with very strange red markings but uh, during the summer months three new zebra crossings they will be painted i've been getting reaction from people here in dunstable this morning here's what they had to say well alan you're somebody who's 
using this road pretty much every single day. In your experience, do motorists stop for you? Generally, no. On a, on a busy day, especially a Saturday, it can be very difficult getting across the road. Because Ian's saying back in the studio that, that he sees no problem with it because he's fit and able, you're fit and able, but you're experiencing problems. Yeah, sure. You're, uh, you're waiting for the goodwill of other drivers because of the kind of crossing it is to let you across the road. And unfortunately, there seems to be a lot of goodwill missing on a Saturday, especially on a Saturday. The council then, putting in three zebra crossings, you see that as great news for Dunstable? Definitely. It's definitely a step forward, especially for those that have difficulties in, in walking or moving around. It will mean that we'll be able to cross it all with ease. Robert, you're a motorist using court drive six days a week. Tell us what you've seen. Is, is it really that bad down that road? Yeah, it is that bad. Um, I think that, yeah, there's more chance of people getting knocked over and um, cr- crashing because pe- uh, drivers are unaware of the, the system for the pedestrians and pedestrians are unaware of the driver's circumstances when they're driving along. Mm. There's... Uh, Pelican crossings with black and white zebra lines. There's none of them along there, and it's just it's so hard to work out where you're going, and people just walking into the road. It's look, a kid will get knocked over soon. Well, the council are going to be putting in three zebra crossings. Do you think that will solve the problem here? I think it will solve the problem, but I think they need to put um, traffic lights in, personally. Okay, so traffic lights as well. Because it is a very busy road. Okay, the council are listening to this right now. Um, Do you think they got things terribly wrong in the first place? I don't think they could have gone more wrong. Well, listening to that is Paul Cook, the council's assistant director of highways and transport. You couldn't have got things more wrong, Paul. Um, I'm very sorry to hear that people think that. Um, I think, uh, in important respect, however, the scheme was actually fairly successful, or has been fairly successful. Then why the change? Uh, because we have to listen to what people are saying, and uh, as, you, as you've shown on those uh, uh, voices earlier, th- th- there are genuine concerns about perceived safety in the area. What I would say, though, is that actually, if people think the scheme is unsafe, uh, that's really not the case, actually. We measure safety in terms of uh, the number of accidents that happen, and if you look at the number of accidents in the area in the last 18 months that have resulted in injury, there's only been one. And before that, I think there was something like three accidents, so it's never been an unsafe area, but it's certainly not an unsafe area now. But you, you must have been aware that, that blind people, disabled people, people in wheelchairs, uh, people with, with kids would have found it really difficult, if not impossible, to cross. Yeah, I mean, this, this, the, the difficulty with this type of scheme, which is a kind of a new experimental type of scheme, I suppose, to try and uh, uh, get speeds down to improve safety, is getting a, the right balance on that. And I think we have to accept, and that's why we've come back, as we always do, after a year and, and checked it out, that maybe we haven't quite got that right. And that's why we're putting the zebra crossings in, to, in, in, to make that easier for people, yeah. So, so even though there was only one uh, accident that, that involved injury, y- you're admitting that it just wasn't safe and it wasn't com- easy for people to cross there? Well, it was safe because there was only one accident involved in injury, and that was rather less than there before. It was safer than it previously was. But people but weren't I'm able to cross or If you want to put it in terms of admitting, I'm certainly saying that there's a big perception from people that it's not well, safe, and we must listen to people. But also, people, it was not a case that people perceived it to be unsafe. People couldn't cross the road. Well, um... I mean, I've crossed the road quite a lot of points. You, can, you can see, can you, Paul? I can see, yes, you, you, can, you can walk properly? I can, I can walk properly and I can see. Yeah. yeah, you see, it was the people who couldn't see, the people who couldn't walk properly, the people who had two kids in tow that, that were struggling to cross. Um, well, again, uh, as, as I say, actually, clearly there were issues in terms of people crossing the road, and that's why we're putting uh, zebra crossings in. Uh, but nevertheless, I don't think it was so terrible that people could never cross the road or anything like that. Well, no, they could never cross the road, but they felt yeah. unsafe, and yeah. it took them a long time, long time to do it. Yeah. Uh, one of the new measures you're bringing in is to improve the clarity of the bus lanes. Yes. Why is that? Doesn't the bus lane look like a bus lane? 
Uh, not enough, no. We were very unsatisfied with the way it turned out in the first place. We're going to put red tarmac on the top now, so it's very clear that it's a bus lane. How much is all this costing? Uh, the cost of repairing the scheme, we, we, we've got to get final costs uh, in, but we estimate the cost to be something like £100,000. And how much have you already spent on the scheme? Uh, total cost of the scheme when we first started was around about £1.4 million. So this pushes it up to £1.5 million? That's right. It's a lot of money, isn't it? Unfortunately, uh, any sort of measures you put in on the road these days are very expensive, yes. You sound reluctant, Paul, to make these changes. I sound reluctant. No, I think we need to respond to what people are saying. We've, we've done these surveys, there's uh, particular concerns done, and I'm therefore happy to put in those changes. It's what we routinely do. After a year, we'll go back, we'll look at it, we'll see what's working, and what people would like and don't like about it, and make changes. So I'm, I'm happy to go with, you know, uh, what, what we've learned from it. OK. By the time you've made the changes to the crossings, the bus lane, the signage, the access for cyclists, it, it's just going to look like a normal road, isn't it? It won't, it won't be a shared space scheme. Oh, it was never completely a shared place scheme, because, of course, you had the bus lane in there anyway. Um, there's no definite definition as to exactly what shared space is at any one point anyway, but certainly, yes, by putting the zebra crossings in, you are making a change. Has it all been a bit of a mistake, Paul? I don't think so, no. The, the result has been we've significantly reduced the speed of traffic in the area. It's safer than it was before. And actually, a majority of people think it looks nicer too, but it's not been perfect, and that's why we're going in making further changes. One final thing. We did, we, uh, the limit is, uh, is 20 there, but we've, yep. we've had a couple of callers phoning in saying that there's loads of boy racers bombing along there at 40, 50 miles an hour. What can you do to stop that? Speed cameras? Uh, we could, if necessary, put speed cameras in. It's worth saying we've done uh, an awful lot of surveys of that road to see the speeds that people are going in. On average, speeds have dropped from 30 to 20. There are always going to be the odd person at the end going faster, um, breaking the law in, in very significant ways, and we talk to the police about that all the time. Uh, if necessary, we could put speed cameras in. On occasion, we have put speed cameras in there, of course. So that's, that, that's something you might be looking at in the future? To, yes, to yes. Depending on, and we continue to monitor any road, depending on how it goes, yes. Paul, listen, I thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you coming on. Paul Cook, the Council's Assistant Director of Highways and Transport. It's getting very, very tense here at uh, BBC Three Counties Radio. I will explain what's happening after the news. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, okay. Yeah, thanks for calling. Well, I can't really pass that on. He'll be upset about it. Right, you're not wearing your phone headset. You were just making... That was weird. You were just making up. You didn't have your headset on. What are you talking about? You didn't have your phone headset on. You were just talking. Anyway, thanks very much. Bye-bye. Yeah, I love you too. Bye. There's no one there. It's my, uh, it's my public... I've unfollowed you on Twitter. I know. Oh, it's a shame for you, isn't it? Not for me, no. Yeah, it's a shame for your you. Figures are, your figures are down by one. Well. So, uh, just because you're, you're being an idiot on oh. Twitter, really. I'm an following. Idiot or I'm being successful. See, this is what happens, okay? You talk the talk about, oh, yeah, she's going to be really great. Someone should give her a break. Someone gives me a break. You don't like it. Right, I'm going to block you now. Not just I'm following you, I've blocked you. What's going on with you two? This what's going on. Account, what's going block on. Kate. This account is um, annoying. Someone does not like Blocked. It. Upham. That's what's the matter. Uh, mm. Kelly. Mm? I'm a little bit lightheaded. I need some sugar. I wish we had that chocolate machine here still. Oh. Do you know what it is? You're feeling sick because you've just uh, dropped me off Twitter. Dropped me off somewhere. We've had a, a text. You just dropped me out. Leslie from Watford says, I recall reading a report many years ago of an elderly woman who remained seated on an aircraft loo while she flushed it. This isn't true. 
She supposedly had severe internal injuries where her insides was insides were suctioned out. Guys? Guys? What shall I call the, the B- programme today on the Bueller? online page? Old lady has her insides suctioned out. Old lady has her insides suctioned out. I'm actually doing it. How does it feel suctioned? Have you got any chocolate? No. Sugar cube? I've got chew- uh, chewing gum. I can't chew chewing gum on the air. I'm, I'm having what I used to call in my college days a whitey. You can eat it like a sweet, so chew it and then just... Can't it. you? Uh, apple tree will grow in your gut. No. Yes. No, that's not what... Hello, happen. Andrew, it's Catherine at BBC Three. Oh, Andrew, it's oh, Catherine. Oh, I think she's ringing Andrew. <laughs> well, no, there was a woman with a very similar story, but it sounded a bit more graphic. Ooh. Can I put you through to speak to him, please? I think she's going to put Andrew through to speak to you. <laughs> well, no, but you, they didn't talk about him blowing him up. Oh. And Andrew's complaining that we've already oh, done his on, story. Yeah. Go on, I'll put... That's oh, all right. I we'll, wonder we'll, where Andrew's we'll from. Through. I'll put you through now. I think he's Andrew, on trade one. Andrew? Hello, Ian. Yes, Andrew. Oh, I just want to give the same story about the uh, person getting sucked into the toilet. Oh, well, OK. Well, that's awkward, and that shows bad production, but carry on. It's, it's terrible production. I'm there sequel back. You gave me a chance to do the story rather than her trying to take the credit. Yeah, exactly. Wow, did you listen, Andrew? Andrew, did you listen to the show on Thursday and Friday? No, I didn't. No, I, I, I haven't compared with it. I was watching, uh, so I was listening to Knockers Back Ferrari instead. You were, you were listening to uh, Ferrari, Knockers Back Ferrari on LBC? Wow. Well, and is that, is, that, is that because I wasn't here and Catherine was? It was completely that reason. There's yeah. nothing stupid, nothing in the area that could get single. That, yeah, is, that. that is amazing. Someone would rather listen to um, right wing Nick Ferrari than Catherine no, he's Boyle. Clearly one of your listeners. No, go anyway. Carry on, Andrew. You take as much time as you want, fella. What you got? I, I think I might get cut off or blacklisted now. Don't you worry. I'm in charge of the phones here. Go on. <laughs> oh, that's um, no. I just I'm very similar story. Um, rather than sitting on the toilet seat like everyone else does, this lady sat on the actual rim of the toilet and uh, somehow knocked the flush and with her ample frame then got stuck into the toilet and uh, had to be sort of removed and the pressure equaled. Not nice. How do you... How... Well, how do you do that? How do you get someone out of a... It's like... Um, what are those things where you've, you've got to kind of break the seal a bit? What, 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 like trying to open a jar of jam or something, or trying to just wriggle a bit, smack up. Yeah, maybe it works. I, I don't know what he said there, and in many ways Sounded I'm glad. quite rude. Didn't, didn't it, Just? His phone dropped out, I think, just at the right moment. Thank well, you very much. Well, you need to reverse the pressure, so it would mean blowing rather than sucking, wouldn't it? But, but where are you going to blow from? You're not going to go underneath well, and blow. Well, wherever the suction comes from, you have to reverse that. So there would be, I imagine, some kind of pipe. It's um, like when... Um, <coughs> oh, dear. Feeling poorly? Got a little bit of a sore throat, When yeah. a day off. Take the week. No, never. <laughs> wow, you actually did an evil... You've developed an evil laugh since I've been away. I really am having a whitey. I might faint live on air. Oh, that'd be terrible. Do you want me to come in now? Nope. We could clip it and try and get another reward. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm thinking. If you do faint, can you do it in a really dramatic way? Oh! oh. Yeah, totally, yeah. Oh, you've knocked your mic off now. How unprofessional. You wouldn't have done that, would you? No, I'd never have done that. I'd have fallen the right way. But... Anyway, so... Does he know how much we can see his nipples through his shirt? <laughs> What's wrong with my nipples? You can't they're, see them. Andrew's still there, is he? Me. Are you still there, Andrew? No, he's gone. 
Oh, he is. He's still there. <laughs> he was unprofessional. He's a terrible man. He's a, ve- he's a terrible man. Oh, I'll pass on your comments. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Cheers. Oh. Can we get Dealey on? I want to speak to Dealey. Yeah. Sure. I want to speak to Dealey. In thing. the next five minutes. By the next five minutes, I mean quarter two. Why can't you do it now? I can. I can do it now. What do you want to do? You might already be there. I want a bit of deals. Deals or no deals? No deals. I want to speak World Cup. I'm into the World Cup now. Yeah, that oh. Van Persie guy. Hey, do you like the foam they've been spraying on the pitch? I love the foam! My favourite bit is when they get it on the, the trainers. The, really? Yeah. So they get shaving foam to say you can't go beyond this point. Yeah. Wonderful. But it, it doesn't disappear as quickly as I think they hope. No. Because it's still there. They should do, uh, do it with silly string. Hello, Dennis. It's Catherine at Three Counties. Oh, we're not that desperate. <laughs> we're not that desperate for content. Balls, Dennis. You can talk to him about different uh. balls. We're not that desperate oh, for content. Dennis is on fader one. Let's talk about different balls. Go on, Dennis. Uh, all this sport that's on at the moment, football, tennis, cricket, God knows what else, right, I then. don't like any of it. Yeah. So why don't we change it around a bit? Oh, yeah. About the footballers, kicking a, a, a cricket ball about, a hard one, in bedroom slippers. Right? Just be quiet. Hey? Just be quiet. Why? Goodbye. No, 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 Dennis, listen, I'm trying to, I can hear something, shush. Television. What, what are you watching? I'm not watching anything, my wife. I'm reading the paper. Just let me turn the rubbish down. What is she watching? Is she watching Good Morning, This Is Britain? Or has that been ta- no, taken off No, she's watching yet? some news programme, I suppose. Mm-hmm. She's waiting to be told whether it's going to rain or not. Okay. She's fascinated by the weather. It's going to be a nice day today, I think. Well, that, I don't tell her that for granted. She'll be worrying all day. It's going to rain. So, have you been watching the World Cup? No. What the hell do I waste my time watching that rubbish for? I, I watched the opening ceremony and I watched the first game. Yeah. And I thought, well, that, I've seen enough of that. I didn't stay up for England the other night. No, well, I went to bed about one o'clock and I heard rockets going off, bang, 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 because we're living where we do, of course. Oh, yeah. We have a very large Italian oh, population yeah. in Bedfordshire. Yeah. And they were celebrating. Best of luck to them. There was a burning of an Italian flag. What did no, d- that's disgusting. What? Sorry? That's, that's disgusting. Why? Because I think that, that's... What does it mean? It means they're idiots who are doing it. But why? Why would I? I was going to say I don't understand why anybody would be offended by a flag burning. I think it's silly, um, but I don't think it's particularly offensive. If if someone burnt the um, the union flag, I'd be like, oh, you're silly. Anybody burnt the union flag round here, I'd kick him into touch. Well, hang on a minute. Your missus is saying something. What's she banging on about? No, she didn't say anything. She she said something. We let bangers off on Guy Fawkes. We let bangers off on Gunfire. She's all right, she's waiting for... uh, The weather. ...November. Yeah, okay. The weather. Good for her. Another job they could do was... How about playing um, cricket with a football and a baseball bat? Okay, thanks very much for calling, Dennis. I've got no idea what that was about. I don't understand that we were looking at running the Italian flag being burnt story. I don't... I mean, it's silly. At the moment, they're just investigating an allegation that that happened. I, I know in America, they take it... Um, wasn't there... Uh, didn't we have a massive falling out with America, sort of during the Second World War or just after the Second World War? Because a company here uh, made pants, and by, the, by pants, I mean British pants, knickers, out of the American flag. I thought it'd be a jolly thing to do, and they sent them over there, and, and America went nuts. You don't mess with that flag, but then again, it's only been fairly recent that they've come to a, an agreement about what the flag should be in America. What do you mean? Well, because they're quite a new country, they still hold that flag in high esteem, and there was a lot of fighting done over it on, on their own territory. Got oh. quite nasty. I don't know if you heard of it. It's called the Civil War. They weren't fighting over the flag. Well, it became part of it. Now, if your American flag touches the floor, you have to burn it. Did you know that? 
I didn't know that. Yeah, fact. They're, they're, they, they take the flag way too seriously. They take the flag way too seriously, don't they, Just? Would you be offended if someone... Mm-hmm. Uh, burnt the uh, the Union flag or the St George's Cross? Absolutely, of course I would. What? Absolutely. Well, why yes. would you be offended? <laughs> because I just think that, that that it's totally unnecessary, and it's um, it's just a I horrible mean, thing to do. It's not. Listen, I think if someone did it, they'd be stupid. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be going. Oh, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, you're an idiot. I, I think. I think, uh, and this is quite controversial, but I think it depends on where He's you back. are. He's okay. back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm back. But I think, you know, if it was somebody burning the Union flag in this country, I would be absolutely furious about that. But, but of course, we're talking about something which happened, we believe, in Bedford at the weekend. Um, large Italian community, yes, in Bedford. But, but of course, this is England. Yes, it's wrong, but I, I'm just trying to put a different spin on that. If it was in this country and somebody was burning our flag, you, you have to be offended by that, surely. We'll, we'll come back to this in 20 seconds. I just, my producer, Catherine Boyle, has just typed on the screen. Will you say it, Catherine? What you oh, there's such a cute little girl on the telly. Unbelievable. Can you believe that? <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, I just don't, I don't get it, you know, and I know in um, Iraq and places like that, they, have, they make great fuss out of burning the American flag and the British flag and all. Mm. It's just a flag, man. It's, it's, it's nothing. No, it's, it's nothing. No, no. It, means, it no. means nothing to it's, me. Come on, boss. It's much more than that. You are talking about the country that you were born in, the country that you should be proud of. If somebody no. is going to be burning that flag in front of you, that would, that would really get my go it no, really would it's just I don't buy into this jingoistic symbolism it's just a flag and I've said this no, before I'm, no. I'm not particularly proud of being British I'm, I'm, I feel I'm very lucky mm-hmm. very lucky there are much worse places I could have been born in and there are much better places but I'm not proud of it and I'm certainly not proud of a, 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 a bit of cloth I, <laughs> most people don't even know how to hang the union flag the right way round that is true but that flag is representing you representing oh. your family your country of birth and if somebody is going to be burning that in front of you, um, how you could simply walk on and, and not even think about it. That's um, that's beyond me a bit this morning, boss. What are you talking about? Come on. All right. Let, I tell you what, last 15 minutes of the show, let's put it out there. I know you, you've got a, 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 a nice um, piece on meat coming up, mm, mm. Um, but let's uh, put it out there. 08459 455 555. Do you agree with uh, deals? Is deal, deal or no deals, right? Yeah. Do you agree with deals that um, you, you would be offended if someone uh, burnt the Union flag or the George Cross? Or do you agree with me yeah whatever don't matter the George Cross the George Cross yeah I was going to say, we, we have seen it in this country before. It has happened a few times, and whenever it has happened, it's tended to end up on the front page because oh. I'm pretty much convinced here that, that most people will be absolutely furious of, of other people burning our national flag in this country. Justin, it's insane. Justin, stay there. We'll get, we'll get some uh, reaction uh, after the webs. 08459 455 555. Would you be offended if someone burnt the Union flag? Notice I'm saying Union flag. Yeah. Because that's the right way to say it. Yeah. Although actually, Union Jack is right as well. Those pedal. Yeah. Would you be offended if someone burnt the Union flag or George's cross? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. It's getting very very tense on Twitter. Very tense on Twitter. Uh, oh, no, I feel I find myself strangely relaxed in the last couple of minutes since I blocked an annoyance. Um, can I read a headline that's in the Times? James O'Brien is, is James O'Brien, who's an excellent presenter, has has tweeted a headline from the Times. You look at it. I'm going to retweet it, right? Well, I can't look at it because oh. I've locked you. 
This is a headline from the Times. Surely I can read a headline from well, the Times. Let me. Okay, I'm willing to give you a second chance. If, it's an amazing. You're, it's as an, you're begging and using this as an excuse. I'll, it's an amazing headline. Have I got the Times here? I must have the Times. Yeah, you don't read those ones. It's not I, got any. Um, <laughs> you're so childish. Pictures. But correct. Have I got the Times? Hang on, Justin. It's an amazing headline. Mm. Have you seen it? No, but I can't wait for it. Can I read show that me, out? Show me, show me. I, I haven't got the times here. We, uh, maybe we don't get the times. Well, maybe. retweet it. I've now followed you. All right, I've, I've relented. I've, I'm gonna, all right, I'm going to retweet it. Okay, hang on. Um, if I untweet it and I retweet it, okay. This is great fun for anyone who's not on Twitter. No, I know it's just such an amazing headline. I retweeted it. Waiting. Come on, boss. Come on. You got it, Kath. Yeah. Wow, no, you can't say that. We <laughs> um, can replace that word with div. Okay, right. Okay. <laughs> President Poroshenko of Ukraine was urged to sack his foreign minister yesterday for calling President Putin a div head <laughs> during a violent protest. Headline is Kiev minister calls Putin a div head. Isn't that a great headline? That's we, should have rude. More, we should have more politics like that. That seriously, that is what will get the kids into politics if, if they call each other div heads. It's not the word he uses, Justin. No, no. Listen, we'll come to your piece on meat in a second. We, uh, we're talking about burning the flag. Would you be offended? Barry's on the line. Morning, Barry. Morning, Ian. Would you be offended if the Union flag or the cross, the George Cross was burnt? Well, I think if you hang on till September, you might have a field day burning flags if the Scots get their way and oh. all flags get out of date. It's good. It could you happen, couldn't it? You wouldn't know whether you've got to recycle them. You wouldn't know whether you've got to put them in the green bin, the red bin or whatever. You'd have a lovely time. Would it, would it offend you when those jocks go flag burning crazy? Well, it wouldn't matter because it would be out of date, wouldn't it? Well, yes, I would. No, I, w- I don't know. <laughs> it's just something I, <laughs> just something I thought of. Barry, you know, yeah. thank you very much indeed. So, no one's that bothered, just. Oh, come on. Come on. You were talking absolute nonsense this morning. Something which, which represents our fantastic no, country. If no. somebody was burning that in front of you, nobody is going to stand there and walk on no. and not be offended. It's highly offensive. The flag doesn't represent this fantastic country. I'll tell you of course what. Of rep- it does. I'll tell you what represents this fantastic country. The Beatles. <laughs> Boobs. <laughs> Booze. Yes, yes, yes. People called Barry. So, so you, you're saying then, when England turn up on Thursday to, to play the next game in the World Cup, we should be going out with a picture of a pint of lager on the shirt and uh, not the flag. Is that what picture you're saying? Picture of Ringo Starr drinking a pint whilst looking at some yeah. boobs. <laughs> that, to me, is yeah. Britain. Kenny probably, Red, Kenny is more representative, to be fair, but uh, come on. I mean, the, 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 there's going to be people listening to this right now that, that are going to be highly offended if somebody burnt our flag Kenny in Redbourne, front of Kenny them. Redbourne won't be. Texas, it's a crummy piece of cloth. Couldn't give a monkeys if someone wants to burn it. Hmm, a one-off. Wow, this is the BBC. <laughs> I just, I just think that most people are sensible enough to, to not put all of, you know, put everything into, invest everything into a piece of cloth. No, no, it's, it's highly offensive. And again, I, I can see why people on Saturday, um, the, the, the Italian community in Bedford, would have been offended by that. Again, we have seen some of the pictures. The police are investigating it. Somebody has, nah, has got hold of that it. flag. They're lighting that flag over it. To, to try and wind people up. No and you can understand why it does wind people up. No, you can't. No one got hurt. Some, if someone had got hurt, someone had been set fire to, then I, it would be a story. Then we'd be upset. Then we'd be right to, to kick off. But it was a flag. You know. but somebody, somebody is doing that to, to get a reaction. 
attention yeah. and they're trying to cause so, trouble so, by doing it. So don't rise to it. Just go, ah, ah, you know what? The, it's just a flag. You can do what you want to do. We don't mind about the flag. Wow, they might not mind about the flag, but they might mind about that. Yeah. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm, that. What? That Joe Dolce voice you did there. I thought it was quite good. You like Joe Dolce? Yeah, shall Catherine? I do first? There we go. He said it for me. 08459 455 555. Would you be offended uh, at the burning of a flag? But we've got you on, Justin, to talk about the uh, the big story of the day. Mm. Do you wash your meat? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's um, in a number oh, of the newspapers this morning. Consumers, on. they are being warned to stop washing raw chicken, what? as doing so increases the risk of food poisoning. I've never... Now, listen, I'm a newcomer to meat, and I'm loving meat. I'm loving it, loving it, loving it. Mm. I'm loving chicken. Chicken is my favourite meat, I would say. Beautiful. Uh, but I, I would never consider washing it, mainly because those um, ready meals, you don't need to wash them. You just pierce the lid and put them in the microwave. Mm. But I would never... Does anyone wash their meat? Well, you, you'd be surprised, but a number of people have been doing this for years because they believe, of course, it's more hygienic. The, the experts are now saying, well, you shouldn't be doing that. Um, I've been in Dunstable this morning asking people the all-important question, Ian, do they wash their meat? Here's what people had to say. Oh, Wendy, do you wash your meat? Not, not chicken and everything. I've seen it on the news again today. Yeah. So, yeah. So you don't? No. Why not? Um, I tend to buy it from a good butcher's, mm-hmm. so I don't find it slimy. I don't think I need to, so, yeah. yeah. And these people that, that continue to wash their meat, what do you think about those people? Would you have nothing to do with them? <laughs> I think people have just gone a bit anal about cleaning everything, so, yeah, yeah. difficult to know what to say, really. I think you should do what you think is right, so try and teach my children not to do it. They've gone off to uni and survived, so... And they're still alive to tell the story. to tell the tale, yeah. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, I'm here with Silmont, who's from the West Indies, now living in Dunstable. Do you wash your meat, sir? Yes. How often have you been doing that for? All my, all my life, as long as I could remember. Really? What do you think about those people who don't wash their meat? Are they weirdos? I won't say they are weirdos, like, you know, mm. but uh, I will advise them to wash the meat with hot water. Because it's more hygienic? Yes, it is. Okay. So let's just say this evening, I'm going to have a chicken party, okay? I'm inviting you, and I'm saying, do you know what, Silmont? I'm not going to be washing my meat. Would you still turn up, or would you refuse my invitation? I will not refuse it, but like I said, I will not... I will not eat the meat. You wouldn't eat it? No, I will not. Really? Really. Even though it looks delicious and <laughs> no, you can no. smell it, you, you would no, refuse I, that? I will not eat it. If I know it, if I know it not been washed. But if I don't know it, I will eat it. Ah, right. That's the way to oh, trick you into it then. <laughs> well, that is it. Isn't it? <laughs> Lovely. Thank you very much for leaving your time. You're quite welcome. I'm here with Martin. Mark, do you, uh, do you wash your meat? No. No. It's a very strong no. That's a, it's a, it's a terrible personal hygiene. Well, you think people that do it are wrong? Absolutely. But they're only being hygienic, aren't they? Well, maybe so, but you can get these terrible bacterial infections if you're washing meat. So these people need to wake up, smell the coffin? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if somebody said to you, I wash my meat, would you take them into one corner and sit them down and say, right, OK, what you're I, doing is wrong, you're bang out of order? I would probably punch them. What? Seriously, probably punch them. You feel that strongly about Absolutely. it? Absolutely. You can spread diseases. Just do not wash your meat. Is this man violent? No. Should, should I go? Uh, if you like. Yeah. I'm going to go. <laughs> Cheers, Mark. Can you tell Ian Lee that I'm a big fan? 
is only fan. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad he is a big fan if he's that mm. kind of... Uh, he said, thank you. Listen, stay there, Justin. One of the weirdest pieces I've ever heard you do. Mm. But well done. Uh, Doug's in Barton. Morning, Doug. Good morning. How yeah. would you feel if someone burnt your flag? Well, let me put it this way. If, it, if it's some football players, I couldn't care less because half of them are just a bit daft anyway yes. over football. Yeah. But when you're trying to help a country, yeah. you know, Iraq or wherever, and they burn your flag, then it is getting at your country. And it's saying, we don't like your country. We don't want you here. That's, that's the difference, I think. Um, Ken in Redbourne says, in Iran, where they're always burning US flags... Yep. Oh... Oh, I wouldn't mind being the guy who sells them the flags. It's a nice little earner. Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, they've got, I but, mean, but, they don't get on, do they, American around, so... But it's, 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 it's a way of protest, isn't it? If you're not happy with the country being there, burning a flag, I mean, it's not going to well, personally then, offend exactly. you, is it? So why do we go there? Well... Why do, do we go and help them? They don't want us there. But the, it, it, it's not... They don't necessarily think that we are helping. I mean, have we helped no, in Iraq? No, maybe not. Have we not? Who, who said we wanted to go there anyway? Not me. Well, Blair, wasn't it? I, I, I nearly went on that protest against the... Uh, the war, but I was. Well, uh, I was certainly tired. was not happy it's with true. it, and, it, and we were given all false information anyway, weren't we? Well, D- uh, Doug, listen. Thank you for your call. Keep listening because JVS is going to be talking about this. Justin, lovely to have you back, mate. See you tomorrow. Yeah, thanks, boss. Take Ta-ta. it. There we go. JVS will be talking about uh, Iraq uh, coming up soon. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. If you, uh, it's true. I was going to go on the anti-war march, and I was just too tired to go, so I had a doze instead. <laughs> That's it, that's your lot. JVS is coming up next, asking, uh, do you agree with Tony Blair that should we take military action in Iraq? I'll be back tomorrow at six. Until then, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian.